Hey, it's it's letter time. It's letter time. Oh, what's that? Uh, is that Mr. Postman? Oh, uh, I don't know. They only rang once. Uh, oh, ding dong. There they go <laughs> He again. always rings twice. <laughs> That's you how forget. you know. That's um, how you know. It's, it's raining mail. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's raining mail. <laughs> It's a mailbag. We're doing our mailbag. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. That's right. This is Two Bad Neighbors, your encyclopedic compendium of all things Simpsons. Seasons one, two, we're done. Too dead. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And all that we have left to do are the specials. Yeah. And some cleanup. Yeah. My favorite part of any activity. Cleaning it up. (laughs) Um... The, th- the what is it the the five second tidy yeah ten second tidy ten what, second tidy is it? is it ten seconds ten second yeah because it's, couch? I think it's because it's alliterative that makes sense yeah ten second ti- yeah yeah that's smart <laughs> I mean Molly's Lunette, Lunette the clown yeah <laughs> knows what she's doing I thought I always thought that Molly was Molly's the the doll I uh, yeah okay I thought Molly was the the brains in the operation well you could argue that. As Molly often has better thoughts than Lunette, mm. unfortunately, Molly is mute. Right. So it's a real uh, farcical... <laughs> it's a real situation. Yeah. Um, but we're not here to talk about the big comfy couch. No, we're not. We're here to talk about the big comfy mailbag. And how great we are. <laughs> no, you guys you, well, you guys are really nice to us, and we really obviously. appreciate that. Um Yes, we, we we don't we don't deserve it. Well, I don't. <laughs> You'll get there. Um, I'm trying. <laughs> we are doing our mailbag, as we alluded to in the past. Um, we have a, a swath of mail to get through from uh, the, the entire year, basically. Yeah, yeah, uh, a real shit year <laughs> so far. Yeah. It's only uphill from here, baby. Yeah, it's fire season now. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, heat waves, um, thunderstorms. It's just a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun. Yeah, we're having a great time. We're having a a great time. (laughs) But uh, so what I kind of did here, Greg, is I took all of our mail from the past uh, period of time (laughs) since we last did a mailbag, which was... Our season nine recap. So we haven't done any mail since season ten began. Yeah, yeah. I've taken it all. I've compiled it into a document for us both to read. Um, but I've separated it into three sections. So I've put first section is uh, comments and congrats. It's mostly comments. I realized as I was putting it together, which is fine. That's what we want. Um, and then the second part is corrections and omissions. Oh yeah, that'll be fun. And then the third one is questions. So people actually asking us questions about things so what i did though is uh often i would separate some of the mails so like you know if someone sent us a nice email that has a comment and then a question at the bottom uh i've tried to separate those so if you hear your message being read and we don't ask the question just wait it'll come back around (laughs) i just figured to have it a little more neater in that sense so right um it's cleaner it's cleaner and uh hopefully we can get through it all uh nicely we will find out. Should we just dive in? 
I mean, I think we should dive in. There's uh, there's some pretty long ones. I did. Uh, I also should mention I did try and edit some of these. Uh, you know, not and and tried not to remove the uh, the essence of the message. Um, just sometimes some extraneous stuff. Um, you know, little comments and things that are not as conducive to read on air. Uh, but then there's sometimes where I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know how to edit this, so we're gonna read the whole thing. <laughs> but we might edit on the fly. We might just, you know make it more succinct as we t- as we chat i tend to do that you tend to do that i don't know if i do i never a, thought about it's it it's an interesting interesting thing that you already knew that i <laughs> tended to do that and like like you've been clocking it or something well i mean i have been studying you judging me for it studying you and learning your weaknesses right there are many <laughs> anyway hi i'm greg hi i'm alan and we're gonna read your mail yeah it's mail time why don't you kick us off al sure so this first one um i actually don't remember if we already read this one so if we did apologies but i just want to make sure we got it in there if we didn't so uh this is from christy and this was back back in november mm-hmm. um hey guys i just want to send a general thank you for continuing the podcast this year with all the nasty surprises 2020 has had it helps immensely to have stuff like two bad neighbors as a regular and above all pleasant event to look forward to when everything is crap, it's not only hard to give yourself permission to laugh, it's also hard to be the one willing to make a joke in the first place. So thank you guys for being willing to tell jokes while at the same time not sidestepping or downplaying the roller coaster ride that is this year. I hope you and your families are doing all right and that the day will come where we'll all be able to forget our troubles with a big bowl of strawberry ice cream. Ah, uh, that's nice. It's, <laughs> it is very nice. It's also kind of wild that this was sent in November. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Because it doesn't feel like anything's changed. <laughs> uh, but it has. I mean, yeah. things, the the world is healing. Yes. It's slow. Yes. And, you know, we obviously are lucky ones in uh, a nation that has yep. got lots of access to vaccine and helped us reopen things. Whether it's too quick or not, that'll be for the historians to decide. But uh, right now, if, for those that aren't aware, Alberta is pretty much fully open. <laughs> yeah, we did it. <laughs> July 1st, they were like, you know what? As long as we got at least 70% of the population, 12 and over, with uh, one dose, everything goes, baby. Everything's fine. <laughs> Guys, forget it. We did it. Yeah. We beat we beat the pandemic. We did we it. Beat, we beat the plague. Stampede is happening. It's happening as right we now. Speak. Yeah, right now. Um, Nothing's different. <laughs> Everything is fine. Did we not talk about this? Did we Did not we? talk about this on several occasions where remember. we were like, guess what? <laughs> Things suck. And <laughs> before they stop sucking, we're going to forget how much they suck, <laughs> learn nothing from oh, this, yeah. and go back. The most important thing is we will learn nothing. That's, yeah, that's and key. And go back to exactly the way things were. Yep. Nothing has changed. Nope. Um... Wow, that was a nice email and a really awful response from both of us. Uh, uh, well, why don't you read the next one? Because that one's also from Christy. All right. From January. Something mm-hmm. different here. Uh, stumbled onto this, and I thought I'd share. This channel on YouTube had an AI analyze Homer's speech pattern and used it to make a video of Homer recounting the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise. Kind of apropos, given the latest Patreon movie commentaries. Um, this is your editorial here. Um, <laughs> you don't have to read those. That's for you. Search for Homer okay, tells well. the legend of Dark Players the Wise for the video. Well, now Maybe I regret putting editorial remarks audio through all to these. the episode. No, this is good. This is good. Um, 
Let me just. Uh, I, I figured maybe we could put the audio no, in. No, no, I know I what, know what you're talking about right. now. I'm just gonna hang on. TV Greg's reading all of this for the first time. He mail. <laughs> he's doing bags. <laughs> mail bag. Time. Code I said, hey, Greg. I, I I compiled all the mail eight. into a document. Perhaps you'd like to read it before we record. And he said, fuck it, we'll do it live. Time code eight. And minutes. then he threw a chair at me. So. Eight minutes. <laughs> I will insert there. As the. Uh, <laughs> Take two. As the comments mention, it's both impressive and absolutely terrifying we have this technology. But hey, I guess this means we don't have to worry about any more voice actors passing away. This AI will mean the Simpsons will only end once the Earth itself is destroyed. So maybe another 40 years or so, give or take. Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, have you watched this video? No. It's, I mean, it's, it's just Homer in the Palpatine role. Yeah. Has, has, has anyone ever told you the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Yeah. All right. It's not a story the Jedi would tell you. <laughs> All right. Um, it's funny. Yeah, I'm going to insert the audio. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> I won't do my bad impression then. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fun. We like fun Simpsons things. So this is a thing that I think about sometimes is the whole deep fake thing uh, because that's what this is, yeah. right? Deep fake voices, deep yep. fake video, yep. and they're very, very convincing and they're very, very frightening. Yeah, I don't like them. I don't like them at all. And stop. Yeah, you should, we should stop. I mean, like, <laughs> well, who are we talking to anyway? You know, um, but powers that be. Yeah, the powers that be should make this all stop, <laughs> but it's not going to happen. Um, it's really upsetting. I find them. I find stuff like this very upsetting. It's probably why I don't go on YouTube deep dives because, like, you get just below the surface, and it's all this stuff. It's true. It's a. It it's a weird, out, wild man. world. Yeah, it on freaks the internet. Me out. Like the Dank Simpsons memes. Mm-hmm. I kind of mm-hmm. like those sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes they freak me out. Yeah, and that's not even. That's that's a that's on the surface. Yeah, that's yeah, that's clearly what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh our next message was from uh Lewis. Lewis. And, January. Uh, uh I realize as I'm reading this I probably should put this in the corrections and omissions, but uh he just wanted he had a comment about the episode Wizard of, Wizard of Evergreen Terrace. There's a scene where Homer's got a bunch of equations on the blackboard. Um and according to Simon Singh, writer of The Simpsons and Their Mathematical Secrets, the blackboard contains a pseudo-solution to Fermat's last theorem. Pseudo because it's correct to the amount a calculator can compute, but isn't fully correct. Whoa. So there's some uh, math nerd shit for you. Lewis, what a nerd. What? A- <laughs> Thanks for writing in. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I don't think I have this book, but there was a book that I got at a secondhand store once that was like, like Math and the Simpsons or something. So like, I don't know, it might have been this one, honestly, yeah. but... Because it would be kind of weird if there's two different math and Simpsons books, but also not that weird. Yeah, <laughs> considering how many Simpsons things are out there. Yeah, not 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 entirely weird. Yeah, but uh, I I bought the the math book. I never read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it seemed cool at the time, and then I think I looked at. I kind of flipped through it. I'm like, oh, this is nerd shit. <laughs> and I threw it in the fire. No, it's, no. Uh, <laughs> but no, I just I, like I, know, I didn't get around with to it. The lottery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Bill Cosby's fatherhood. Um, that is remember that? still <laughs> on my... Never mind. What? 
You still have Bill Cosby's uh, fatherhood somewhere? On my bookshelf. Oh, yeah? yeah. Like here in this house? In, in, in this wow. house. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I do not. I do not. But he's planning a comeback tour, you know? No, he's the world, not. He is. The I world. know he got released. <laughs> yeah, he's planning a comeback tour. He wants to do stand-up again. Just die. <laughs> Can... Can these people who get let off on a technicality just not rub it in our faces? I know, right? And just Can you just die? like just stay out of the spotlight yeah. and just live your sad, pathetic life? You got away from everyone else. You got really lucky. Yeah. Slash, uh, unfortunately, not that lucky. Not that on, lucky. It's based on the way things work, uh, the world's a nightmare. Wow, we're we're off to a great start. Yeah, this is dark, man. <laughs> This is, this is supposed to be a celebration. Yeah, this is Darkwing Duck right now. Uh, the terror that flaps in the night. I don't uh, know the rest of that. Oh, well, it's different every time. Oh, never mind. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the squeaky wheel that gets the grease, for example. Really? Like, he'll do a different little pun each time. But it always starts with, I'm I am the, the terror, terror that, that flaps, flaps in the, the night. night. I am blank. And then I am Darkwing Duck cool great show yeah <laughs> i used to kind of half watch it <laughs> is it on disney plus oh it must be i haven't checked but because i got like a lot of those saturday morning cartoon uh shows on disney plus i know chip and dale's on there i think that was when i watched a bunch chip and dale rescue Ch- rangers Ch- 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 chip and dale also i loved one of the things i loved about those disney uh cartoons is they had it great is. it is nice. on there darkwing duck is on there um, they have great theme songs. Two seasons? Only two seasons? How many episodes per season, though? Oh, that's a yeah. Because sometimes question. they do that weird thing where they just like they're like, I don't we we don't want to call these seasons. We'll just jam them all together. <laughs> oh yeah, they do that with a Spider-Man cartoon. I remember. Yeah, like I'm I'm still scrolling. I'm I'm still scrolling. There's over <laughs> there's there's sixty right now. There's 70 episodes yeah. of the first season. I think that's something they did in... Ge- like, I think even technically it is considered the first season because they produce, they just bang a bunch out yeah. in one uh, production cycle. Right. And then... Because they just want to get syndication more than anything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. There's 78 in the first season. Yeah. And then... How, how many do you think are in the, are the second, second season? Yeah. Uh, two. 13 okay yeah yeah thought maybe there's a nice yeah. round 80 i'm shocked that they didn't push it to 100 yeah that's true it, honestly i wonder if they didn't need that um because it was like abc or whatever they're yeah right? they so already they, like, have, they owned they, the yeah, company they could yeah. just do whatever the fuck they wanted yeah and now they can do that with every channel that's still so many episodes that's like four seasons of a regular show at least yeah, yeah. yep oh yeah. good for you <laughs> good job darkwing duck you did it mal uh drake mallard what's his name i think that's his alter ego yeah that's dope yeah drake two, mallard two duck names yeah <laughs> and gosling was his nephew his uh, niece i knew that part yeah yeah and and launchpad launchpad McQuack. McQuack. the very same this song is called launchpad McQuack. <laughs> and that's not the name of the song <laughs> We are sex bomb. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Yeah, love that shit. Yeah, <laughs> love that nerd shit. I love it. Uh, this next email mm. is from Carl. <laughs> uh huh. 
Nailed it. They say, I worked at a restaurant during the summer as a waiter and would draw Simpsons characters on the checks with cute slogans. And my last day there, I drew Troy McClure on a check and wrote, Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such dinners as tomorrow night and the morning after. (laughs) Well, when they left, the girl actually wrote her number on the check. So we went out on a date. This girl called me Troy the whole night. Worked it out in the convo that she didn't see the Simpsons. So I used his mannerisms the whole night just to see if I could do it. Needless to say, there was no second date. Nice hearing Greg's dad. And I'd rate your show as a podcast. I love this one. Um, What a journey. Yeah. This, I remember reading this email. This took me on a, a like there and back again, a yeah. Hobbit's tale. Yeah, because like they 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 wrote uh, Troy McClure quote, and this person thought, oh, this person's you know hitting on me. Yeah, I'll give them my number. We'll go on a date. This person clearly is named Troy because that's what they wrote. Yeah. Well, Hi, I'm I don't Troy know. McClure. Yeah. yeah, I've never heard the name Troy McClure before because I don't watch The Simpsons. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> then, so Carl doubles down. Yep, and just pretends to be Troy McClure all night, <laughs> and it does not work out. <laughs> there was no surprise, surprise, and that's uh, it's a lovely story, and I love it, and I like the rating uh, a podcast. Yes, me too. That is probably our best rating. Accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you for that. Uh, our next email is from Jordan. I have been a low-key fan of The Simpsons my whole life, a fan of your show for about a year, and a Patreon subscriber as of a few weeks ago. Thank you, this Jordan. Was, this was back in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from Treehouse uh, 8 and 9, my experience with the show has mostly been home recordings of seasons 2 through 7 and small blips of the zombie years, so I find it fun to hear about the good and the bad of what I haven't seen. In terms of zombie readers' requests, throwing my head vote behind Homer vs. Dignity. Did we do that one? I can't remember if we did. You know, I don't think we did. We've talked about it. Yeah, a we have of it times. on our, our request list for sure. Uh, of all the infamous Zombie Years episodes, I feel like this one is unique since it has one scene that people generally enjoy and one scene that is widely despised. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on them. Um, I don't remember that episode well enough to know what those two moments they're referring to are. I mean, I hate that whole episode. But yeah, I just remember hating because that's the one where he becomes the monkey. Yeah, the, prank the monkey. Prank monkey. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think we yeah I think we considered doing it the last zombie years review we did. Um, we definitely did. We settled yeah. on one that was close ish yeah. to it. Yeah, I I honestly I they go in my eyes and ears and then they come out my ass. They <laughs> are terrible. Yeah, you have a little poop. I have a little poop, and I never remember <laughs> what it was. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's the way it should go. Yeah. Um. I mean, speaking of patreon yeah um we should mention our uh matrix commentary is going to be a bit late yeah sorry about this i'm greg's leaving, leaving i'm leaving the province for a couple days what, breaking news greg's leaving me again i'm just <laughs> saying uh, <laughs> but um nothing as severe as in the old times <laughs> that's right where but, i would be like by the way <laughs> i'm going to london for five months or whatever by the way um bamf yeah <laughs> stetton Stetton. I don't know. Well, Fort Steel, sure. bud. I think I always do that. Yes, you do. <laughs> Fort Stetton. Stetton's a neighborhood. Well, is it? In Calgary? In Calgary, okay, isn't it? Or is it sense. Seton? Maybe. Uh, it's probably both. Stetton? I don't know. Stetton? 
Staten Island. <laughs> St- that's the one. <laughs> this next the email. The king of Staten Island. Wait, I wanted to say. <laughs> no, it's too late. No, I just wanted to say for our Patreon, because he's talking about requesting episodes. Yeah. Uh, we aren't sure if we're going to continue with Zombier's uh, reviews on the Patreon yeah. as we're moving away from The Simpsons. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. That's true. So if you do have requests, you can still send them in. We just can't guarantee. It used to be a regular feature, and yeah. we're going to move into other f- regular features on the Patreon yeah. as we move into new projects. So um, anyway, that's all I wanted to mention about that. And the Matrix commentaries. It's going to be late. And it is coming. But it is coming. It'll be, I mean, if, if, you, if you're currently a subscriber, you've already paid for the month. Yeah. We apologize that's a bit late, but you'll still get it. You it'll, don't, you won't have to wait. You know, you don't have to pay another month yeah. to get it. It'll be this month. <laughs> you'll get it. You'll get that. You'll get a, another thing at the end of the month. Maybe a Cinepal's return. Ooh, we know that Escape Room is coming out this month. <laughs> that's right. So, tournament of Champions. Tournament. Will you win the Tournament of Champions? <laughs> we'll see. The audacity to do the second movie <laughs> as Tournament of Champions. Not the third. No, the third would have been perfect yeah, for that. Yeah. If they did a second one that was like removed from that story and it was a, its own story and then have the two leads from both movies come for Tournament of Champions, I'd be like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like this setup. It feels like Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> Did you see that movie? I still haven't. No. That it feels like we missed a second <laughs> Kong movie. Right, because you had two Godzillas. You had two one Godzillas, Kong. but then they treat the they treat the go, like the Kong storyline like there's been another movie. Right. Somebody write in. And tell me if there's been another Kong movie that I missed. <laughs> Did we miss it? <laughs> Did I miss it? I, it wouldn't shock me, but it feels like I did. Anyway. The, con- the Kong kiss goodnight, maybe? <laughs> Boo. I loved it. The Kong and Winding Road. All right, go on. Lane writes, my name is Lane. I found you guys through the Real Jim's Boy Scouts into Hood episode. You probably get that a lot, and we do. Yes. I've wanted to send something for a while. I just wasn't sure what. But since the podcast is ending soon, I thought there's no better time than now. I started listening when I was 15, and your podcast has actually been one of my favorite pieces of media to consume since then. And although I'm sad to see it end, I'm glad that you're ending when you want it to. So, yeah, I don't really know what to say and this email is probably really grammatically incoherent but i just wanted to thank you for what you did and i am excited for whatever you guys choose to tackle next thank you lane thank you lane um i'm sorry for keeping that last rambling bit of yours but i thought it was funny (laughs) it was funny because not as grammatically incorrect as you thought well i edited a bunch (laughs) okay Not incoherent. Not definitely not incoherent. Not incoherent. No. Yeah, you, no, you, you did, did. You did very well. Yeah. Um. Thank you for making us one of your favorite pieces of media to consume. That's wild. There's a lot of media out there, and you picking us. Thank. Thanks. Yeah. We really appreciate um, it. We there really was do. a there was an email I didn't include because it was all visual, but uh, I'll dig it up in a second here. Um. That was from someone who just said, "Hey, I thought you might enjoy this because you remember Spotify did that like year end wrap up for everyone." Yeah, uh, all of all of this person's like Spotify things were like, here's what you listen to the most. Two bad neighbors. Yes, <laughs> and yes. it's like, ow is like, how many hours have you listened? One hundred and twenty six, and it's like, oh Jesus. <laughs> so uh, thank you, obviously, but also uh, I'm sorry <laughs> that you had to listen to us for that many hours. Yeah, I mean, uh, like it's one of those like 
sorry, not sorry. <laughs> kind of, kind of glad we have a, a hundred and twenty hours to <laughs> to send out there, and that yeah, somebody's listening to it. That's, I mean, it's encouraging. We're probably at close to close to uh, four hundred hours. We're insanely over that. <laughs> we're like we're at like four hundred hours. And if you like, include the Patreon, oh, forget that's it. like, yeah. Yeah, it's like a year. We, that's a year of our lives <laughs> we've, we've sat in front of microphones. Most likely. Is that is that good? It's great. Okay, good. Are you kidding? It's great. <laughs> My life has meaning. All Would right. you rather be doing anything else? No. <laughs> no, well. No. No, no. No, okay, no. you're right, you're right. Don't think I, about no. it. <laughs> if, if you think about it. <laughs> you might get sad. You might get sad. Um, all right. We have a message from Captain Wacky. I love and Captain I imagine Wacky. not their real name, but um, this is a long one. So strap in. But I think it's uh, some, a lot of uh, interesting stuff. Uh, this might be way too long, but I just wanted to let you guys know that the Two Bad Neighbors pod has been a blast to listen to while stewing in quarantine as the world ends outside my door. It was convenient that finding it coincided with my decision to binge 31 seasons of The Simpsons. Whoa. Here's my very contrarian take in regards to where the quality of the show began to decline. The term zombie years is often thrown around a lot in the community, denoting the post-season 8 episodes. I have to disagree, and perhaps it's because seeing where the show ends up has made me jaded, but I think the golden years of The Simpsons are seasons 2 through 4. All right. (laughs) I have read this one. (laughs) All right, so seasons 5 through 8 are good, don't get me wrong, but are where the zombie age starts for me. A still very enjoyable Silver Age that is beginning to wane. They represent what I call, what I will call, a further pivot towards comedy. The show still kept its quality writing, but clearly wanted to distinguish itself as funny ha- over having a heart. A dangerous road in our cynical capitalist world, and this pursuit of being comedy ultimately planted the seeds for what the Algene era is defined by. A joke at any expense. First the heart was ripped from the show, occasionally resurfacing in a few episodes, then without it, the comedy began to crumple under the weight. I see Homer Goes to College as the beginning of the end, where the show embraces being cruel for the sake of hilarity. Homer basically behaves like a sociopath towards the dean, (laughs) to a greater degree than in When Flanders Failed in Season (laughs) 2. Yeah, it's hilarious, agreed, but but I ask at what cost? (laughs) It set a precedent that it's easier to make a joke at the expense of characters than to write a compelling heartfelt story that might also be funny. As a writer, you have to pick what you're shooting for and add the other where you can. So, this is why I've come to loathe Homer's enemy, conceptually, which is something we've talked about a bunch. As it is the exact moment the writers signaled they no longer wanted to respect the cast going forward, or maybe that it that is what it feels like because... Sorry. Or maybe that is what it feels like because hindsight is twenty twenty. Having a one-off character be driven to suicide and the, then the death played off as a joke was a strong indicator that whatever heart remained had been beat to a pulp. The meta element is not lost on me, but it reeks of the writer's room going out of their way to declare, uh, to, declare to fans we were stupid for being invested in the town of Springfield. After all, The Simpsons is just a comedy. The episode directly made the grotesquely unforgivable Boys of Bummer possible, as that is the natural conclusion of this downward spiral in the name of being funny. Um, and I did put an editor's note here because I I, have, I had not heard of that episode, uh, so I looked it up, and it's a uh, season 18, episode 18, and the plot was described uh, on IMDb thusly, Bart becomes the most hated person in Springfield after he is the goat in a championship baseball game, and Homer's new job as a mattress salesman ruins his Marge's sex life. Um, so... From my understanding, Boys of Bummer basically is uh, everyone hates Bart. It seems to be the concept of that episode. Sounds bad. It sounds bad. Uh, dark mean spirit. This is a uh, this is back to the message from Captain Wacky. Dark mean spiritedness works when there are good writers, but stops working very quickly without them. Since the show had no heart anymore, nothing could be cons- could be considered taboo. Even ruthlessly bullying a ten year old to attempting suicide. 
So I'm guessing that's a thing that happens in that episode as well. Which sounds, sounds bad. Very bad. Which brings me briefly to what I consider the best episodes of The Simpsons. Those are unsurprisingly the sappy ones or ones that develop the cast. No, I do not mean regularly overused side characters either, like Burns, Moe, and Skinner, all of whom are great in their own ways. I mean the unexplored weirdos, the Hermans, or Sherry and Terry's. These guys have stories too, but I have always wanted to see that I have always wanted to see. So despite being out of mind to find Golden Age, Bart sells his soul, which is season five. I think, right? Five yep. or six. No, it's five. It's five K. Uh, Bart Sells His Soul remains my number one episode of all time across 31 seasons. It is where the, sh- the series ends in my mind, an adequate summation of what went wrong. The Simpsons sold its soul and sacrificed its amazing characters to the god of comedy. I hear he goes by Al Jean now. Sorry, also- <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. Bart Sells His Soul is season seven. What am I talking oh, about? Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. yeah. Apologies. Um, I think I confused that with something in season five. Anyway, um, love that episode. I also just want to say how nice it is to hear someone say that the cast needed to start aging up beginning with season 10. It's so obvious class anxieties change, changed greatly in the 2000s. Showing the family grappling with the new century could have been really interesting. Um, we talked about that early in our season 10 uh, discussion. Um, I didn't really go back to it that much as we went because the episodes just got worse and worse. <laughs> so much worse, yep. <laughs> but I stand by if they had started aging them in season 10, I think that could have been a good season. And then maybe the show would have had new life and... Maybe it still would be good. I don't know. That's a big ask. Anyway, uh, almost done this this email. <laughs> uh, that all aside, though, I can't end without saying it is so incredibly disappointing to see how underwritten and largely ignored the women of Springfield are. For a show that its writers claim to have run out of ideas, it's telling to me that even starting after season three, several potentially compelling characters were just dropped without a care. Sherry and Terry seem to have a crush on Bart, often being the instigator of his, dis- of his disruptions in the first three seasons. Both Homer's Odyssey and Lisa's Substitute come to mind. Yet it's not until Bart's star in season nine that a one-off line is made to suggest one of them do. And then Janie has been around since the beginning, often depicted as friends with Lisa, yet has never once been used outside of a very few lines of dialogue. It's true. Janie is pretty much not even a character anymore. Yep. Um... And then um, typing this out, I suddenly realized how few girls are in Springfield Elementary School at all. While Nelson has received nearly six episodes across the 31 seasons, each developing them further, yet none of the girls, they are forever trapped as generic bullies for Lisa, who has especially gotten worn out in comparison to the rest of the family. And while in the adult world, only Marge and Edna feel fully fleshed out, with Marge's character declining at breakneck speed after season two, a tragic product of a writer's room dominated by men desperate to create jokes. Helen did get some more attention in very late seasons, but it's too little too late, not to sound like one of them spooky social justice warriors or anything. Um, you can do that all you want. I don't give a shit. Uh, I, SJWs forever. Uh, I simply expected more from Springfield. There are so many colorful characters that are going to be dragged through the mud because the Simpsons will forever dance the tune of the corporate flute of the all-consuming mouse. The idea almost makes me depressed when I watch the newest episodes and see all the unexplored characters just serving as background filler. The writers tried nothing and were all out of ideas. Once again, Amazing Pod made me appreciate the Simpsons even more than I already do, despite my gripes. Um, That's it. Thank you so much. Like I said, long one, but I think a lot of great points in there. So I wanted to preserve as much as I could. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the take of the two to four is just plain <laughs> wrong. Um, I think there's a lot of manifesto-like qualities to this email mm. that um, I, I think there are some good points, but I also think that they under like they undermine their own points by saying that my favorite episode is in <laughs> season seven which is bart sells his soul and season seven is 
full of heart. Season yeah. seven's excellent. I love season seven. Season I will- seven is arguably the greatest season of The Simpsons. Flat out. <laughs> Flat out. The only thing I'll say in defense of Captain Wacky sure. uh, is my understanding, or at least how I took it, is they're saying seasons two through four are all perfect. Whereas And that's wrong. Okay. That's also wrong. <laughs> Hold on. Just put your pitchfork down. Uh, um, no. <laughs> I'm holding on to it because it's how season, I control my power. Seasons five through eight are just uh, a little more um, up and down, which like I don't I don't fully agree, but I can understand that point because I do have a bunch of clunkers in five through eight. Uh, I think there's clunkers in two as well. Yeah. So like, you know, that's why I, I wouldn't say two through four, but uh, clearly Captain Wacky uh, likes the heartfelt stuff way more than the comedy. And believe me, and there's uh, a lot no of that one, in season two. No one understands that more than me. I love the heart yeah. of the show. And I I don't know. Like we gotta we gotta take the joy where we can get it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like again, I don't think they're saying like seasons five through eight are bad. No, or they're not. They're, they're it's not. just they're 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 putting their idea of uh, golden age on a, a higher pedestal than I think we do. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Like so, they're like these like these are the best. This is the best era of The Simpsons. Uh-huh. Is these three seasons? Yeah. Or four seasons? Whatever. Um, two seasons. Two seasons. I guess. Yeah. Two, three, and four. Sorry. <laughs> I'm bad at math when it comes to that kind of thing because mm-hmm. I'm like two minus four or four minus two is two, but we include two anyway. Um, but yeah, I just think they're saying like those like those are the the be all end all, and it doesn't mean like it's bad post that. It just starts to wane and it's a slow burn until you know it starts to get really bad in the later seasons. Probably I I, I would imagine season ten. Um, they didn't, I don't think they mentioned that, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think there's some good points with the the women characters. Uh, I think we've talked about it a couple times, especially with Marge, um, how Marge gets really underused and Homer becomes a star. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a real problem. And yeah, no, this is that's what I like about this yeah. this email is pointing out that hey, what happened to Janie? What happened to Sherry and Terry? And it's weird when they have like Allison from. Lisa's rival. Yeah. Just like as a background character now who's yeah. just like says hello sometimes, you know? Yeah. Cause it's like, yeah, no, we I like that you kept her as a character, because that makes sense with the yeah. way that plot went. But use her then, you know? Don't just have her be a, a background character like they do with, with Sherry Terry and Janie. Yeah. Because Lisa yeah, Lisa's friends are sometimes depicted as around her, mm-hmm. but very rarely are there any stories like with her like the the only one i can think of is lord of the dance and that one sucks that one does suck <laughs> that one's that one's and it's bad. about them like not liking lisa <laughs> yeah straight up so anyway uh once again thank you uh captain wacky yeah good email. email good email a lot of stuff to talk to think about there uh this next one is from callum I'm writing from merry old England to let you know how much I've enjoyed your podcast in the past year or so since I discovered it. I usually have your podcast on headphones to fall asleep to. Not as rude as it sounds. Funny and engaging <laughs> programs help me to relax. Same here. Yeah. I have a lot of podcasts that I do that with, and yeah. then I go back in the morning and listen to what I miss. Right, you're like, oh, what, where was I? <laughs> where was I? <laughs> or when walking around to get my lockdown allotted exercise. Ah, the constitutional. Right, of course. (laughs) Laughing out loud, seemingly at random, in public is easier when there's nobody around. And even if there were, 
I live in the South. And as you'll know from visiting London, you don't engage strangers in conversation for fear of breaking the strictly suspicious and antisocial code of conduct. Mandatory social distancing came as a relief to many of us, as I can tell you. Yes, this is... I don't know any of that. No, it's accurate. I've never been there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine that part was directed to you. Yep. <laughs> uh, my story with The Simpsons is that when I was growing up and old enough to be able to enjoy the humor of the show, our Channel 4, nice, had Simpsons on syndication in a big way. 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., two episodes back-to-back yeah. every single weekday. Yeah. It got to the stage where I would be disappointed when the next episode was Simpsons Roasting because it meant that it would be like four to five months before there was a chance of it moving on to a new season, which I couldn't watch because new episodes were on Sky TV. Oh, <laughs> Like our version of paid cable, I know. Yeah, Sky TV, oh, buggers. <laughs> Little did I know at the time how bad the new seasons that I was so eager to watch had become. Even in the UK, primary school—that's what they call you know, elementary you know, school. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there's only so many editor's notes I could do to <laughs> to explain British Britishisms versus uh, Canadianisms. You did your best. I did my best. Uh, Primary school playground coolness included being able to recite the best Simpsons quotes and jokes, including the entire Stonecutters song. Nice. And I remember playing Simpsons Top Trumps, uh, editor's note, playing car a card game popular in the UK, <laughs> with friends at break time and Simpsons hit and run on the old Xbox. Hell yeah. My uncle also bought a VHS tape for me and my little brother to watch when we visited his parents in the country. That tape had Simpson and Delilah, followed by the very first Treehouse of Horror, and we watched those to death. Amazing to think, whole seasons on DVD were just around the corner, and now I've got all 30 seasons, 31 now, yep. on tap through Disney+. Plus. Those episodes also had the voices of James Earl Jones... Lion King was my favorite movie as a kid, a kid, and Harvey Firestein from Mulan, so I remember them fondly. It's always a bit of a shame to me that most people don't enjoy the early seasons as much as the golden years, quote-unquote, of seasons three to eight-ish. I always felt there was a groundedness, warmness, and simplicity to the stories that was really enjoyable, that was enjoyably relatable. I also loved that uncle's collection of Calvin and Hobbes comics, comics from a similar time in America. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> the animation definitely isn't as good, and the voices and characters are still taking shape, but that's true of almost any long-running show. That's true. In fact, some of my favorite jokes come from season one. Let me dry those tears. Hair dryers, Bart's face. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> you remember that one? Yeah. It's yeah. more of a visual one. Than yeah. yeah. Our chefs are saying hello. Oh, hello. I don't remember. You don't that remember one. that one? Okay, it's when they're in the restaurant, and it's like, oh, our chefs are just saying hello, and then Homer goes into the kitchen and goes... Hello! <laughs> and they all like drop their knives and are scared. And sometimes I think we're the worst family in town. Well, maybe we should move to a larger community. That's funny. That's I remember good. that That's one. That's a good joke. Yeah. But the real treat of an episode for me to catch on syndication was always Homer's Barbershop Quartet. I grew up with a very musical family, sang in choirs and shows, and had a real fondness for harmony singing. Eagles and the Beach Boys, possibly being gateway drugs. They certainly are. Speaking from experience. <laughs> Hotel California. Opening track of Hell Freezes Over. Uh -huh. Callum knows. Yeah. 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 He knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not the not not the Wait, album. Not the album say, version. Yeah. Not the album oh. version. It's the live is Hell version. Hell Freezes Over the Live, live yes, show. Yes, it gotcha. is. Okay. Yeah. And I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure the album Hotel California's on is called Hotel California. Yeah. But on Hell Freezes Over, they open with an acoustic version of Hell uh, of Hotel California. Cool. But they don't open with it on the uh C D 
of it. It's the the track listing is a different weird. order. Yeah, weird. it is. It's weird. Um, now that I'm older, my favorite episodes are the completely surreal and absurd ones. Cape Fear is a common pick, but I can't help loving Homie the Clown too. <laughs> Your podcast has helped me to appreciate this amazing show in a whole new way by explaining the references I missed when I was younger and the deeper detail of who was running the show, directing, writing the episodes, guest voices, and the trivia from behind-the-scenes material and DVD commentaries. Having enjoyed the appendices, discs on the Lord of the Rings DVDs as a kid, I'm always fascinated by how film-slash-TV gets made. I'm actually dreading you reaching the end of Season 10 and there being no new episodes to look forward to. Well... We reached the end of season 10, and here Guess we what? are. New episodes, baby. New episodes. <laughs> There's more to come. Yep. Um, this is just a great story. I don't have much to comment on. Um, no, I mean, yeah, it's it's very nice. Yeah. Um, I still haven't been to London. <laughs> oh, you've never been? Oh, no. You really should. I want to. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, you like that. I love Lord of the Rings. The appendices of the extended edition of specifically Return of the King had been a very old friend of mine for a very long time Hmm. that I go back to every once in a while just to remind myself how it was done. Lovely. Love those movies. Um, all right, we have a quick little one from Sam. Um, which I've uh, noted here, Greg, you can add the audio clips, maybe, if you want. Uh, two of my favorite moments associated with TBN are from the Springfield with a dollar sign episode, uh, which, by the way, I pronounce Cash Springfield. <laughs> uh, one is James Coburn ranting about Yul Brynner, which I reference all the time. And the other was the deconstruction of the Gambler gag. <laughs> That took a joke I already thought was genius and explained so well and made it even funnier for me. Thank you so much for this encyclopedic compendium through the adventures of Archibald, Jane, Roger, Lisa, Jane, Flessbot, Five, and Grandpa. Thank you for being my favorite podcast and good luck with any future projects. Um, Yeah, I found the exact uh, timestamps from that episode. Yes, you did. For you, if you want to add those clips. I will. They're pretty short, actually. Like I, I was like, oh no, are these long rants that we did? But they're actually both pretty short gags, so... Uh, you can add them in here. Ha ha ha. Wasn't that funny? <laughs> I remember it so well. Uh, we're funny people. <laughs> uh, Good work, us. My next email from Valerie. Your next email. Yeah, I'm owning it. Ours. Right. Our next email. <laughs> my next we're like email. Venom. Yep. Valerie writes, I've been listening to your podcast since I heard about it on The Real Gym. Surprise, surprise. As a Zoomer, in quotes, <laughs> I didn't really grow up with The Simpsons. Shocking. Yeah. And my earliest exposure to it was my dad watching the zombie seasons. Ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it wasn't until fall 2019 that I started to watch The Simpsons through, starting with the first episode. I stopped watching in season 10 with When You Dish Upon a Star. Smart. Yep. My favorite episodes are Boy Scouts in the Hood and Much A Poo About Nothing. I know it's definitely too late for me to be added to the spreadsheet, but before rewatching season nine, 
I would have said it's in the Golden Age, but after rewatching season seven, eight, and nine, I no longer even think eight is golden. Ooh, controversy. It, it comes down to it not being consistently good as yeah. well. Eight has some great episodes like You Only Move Twice, Mountain of Madness, Secret War of Lisa Simpson, which hits different um, which hits different after a year of social distancing. It also has some episodes I really despise, like The Homer They Fall. Burns Baby Burns and the Old Man and the Lisa. Yeah. I even made a spreadsheet, in quotes, <laughs> which was an actual spreadsheet before <laughs> I copied it into a Word document as a joke. <laughs> Love it. Rating epi- every episode of season seven to nine on a scale of one through five. And while eight had more fives than nine, it also had more ones. Interesting. Hmm. I mean, I more or less agree with uh, the three they mentioned they did not like in season eight. Uh, I also, even though I often say eight is one of my favorite seasons, it's because it has so many of my favorite episodes. Yeah. But I also agree it's a little more janky. We've talked about it. It's weird, but like the wild swings make it what it is. And it's so wonderful for that. Yep. It's it's such a mishmash of, like, I just, I wish season 10 had half the ideas or yeah. even an idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like season eight had well, an great. abundance you, of. They had so many ideas. Yeah. You forget, though, in season 10, they find Loch Ness Monster. Right. My bad. That's a big swing. A lot of ideas, big <laughs> swings. You know what? Forget it. Loch Ness Monster out, works at a season, casino at the end. Season 10, 10 out of 10. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Oh, shit. That's too many 10s. That's 10, 10, 10. I think it's exactly the right amount. All right. 10 out of 10 out of 10. What came out uh, o- October 10th? To 2010. Did a movie come out? It should have. Yeah, The Social Network. <laughs> Did it really? Yeah. I don't know if you're joking or not. I don't either. <laughs> you know how The Omen came out 666? Yeah, it was brilliant. Smart. Yeah. Brilliant marketing. What's the next one? I guess we're in the 20s, so it's, it's not going to happen. It's over. It'll never happen again. No, not for a thousand years. <laughs> Until the 3000s. <laughs> Fuck. Well, hint, hint. To all the to all the future societies who are listening to this podcast, I hope an Omen remake comes out in three thousand six, uh, June six, three thousand six specifically. Yeah, if June is still a thing, <laughs> you're <by> right. Then. <laughs> Do you think they'll change the Gregorian calendar? We might have star date by then. <laughs> That's true. You, we don't know. We might have star date one soon. Yeah. Uh, thanks to billionaires. All right, uh, our next email is from Jim. Jim, you may remember as the uh, nice fellow who uh, had a missing dog, and we helped find the lost dog. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, because they they heard uh, our voices <laughs> or something. Uh, I was catching up with the podcast and just wanted to reach out and let you both know that I appreciate your work in podcasting. I'd like to specifically thank you, Alan, for sharing your experience with Bell's Palsy. It's a difficult subject to talk about. Your first-person insight and how you're experiencing condition is appreciated by your fans and listeners. I, too, like to hear you laugh. I'm currently in nursing school and have attached a copy of a very current medical textbook that has a few pages on Bell's palsy, uh, which I did uh, take a gander at when I was dealing with that. I imagine you've already read up a ton of material on the subject, but I thought it might be helpful to have supplemental information from an academic source. Again, the text is not especially comprehensive, but it does include specific nursing intervention and management of Bell's palsy. Also, the textbook is useful for better understanding other medical conditions that friends and family may be experiencing, which may allow you to better recognize signs and symptoms of a worsening condition in order to intervene. Uh, I'm a dumbass. I literally just now realize you have access to the knowledge of Dr. Ife Abiola. <laughs> um, anyways, Diesel, uh, the dog, the, uh, the adorable dog, 
Uh, and I wish you good health and a swift recovery. Uh, thanks so much, Jim. Uh, I, obviously, this was back in April when I was dealing with that condition, um, and I very much appreciated it. Um, if you listen to those episodes when I was uh, on air with them, I was still feeling very self-conscious about how I sounded and was nervous that I would never be normal again. <laughs> so uh, it, I, I am. I'm, I'm fully healed, So, um, which is which is great. I'm sure most listeners picked up on that. I can't remember if I ever specifically said I'm fully healed now, but um, it was about three weeks that I dealt with it, which is on the more common but uh, not necessarily typical um, length for mm-hmm. that condition. Yeah. Um, like they say, two two to four weeks, I think, is, is the most common. But, uh, you know, I actually uh, have a friend. We have a friend who was also dealing with Bell's palsy around the same time as me. And they had it for, I think, a couple months. Yeah. You know, um, and I've read about people who have it for like half a year, you know, so uh, it sucked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very much don't wish it on anybody. So um, if any, anyone out there is is ever dealing with it and you want to reach out to me, uh, I'm happy to share my experience more. But yeah, it was a bad time, but I'm just glad that I'm healthy again. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Uh, our next email comes from Zokolov. Here in Finland, nice. Ooh, the Simpsons has been an icon for years, and I have watched it since I've been able to read the subtitles. It helps that my first exposure to the show were season four episodes my parents had recorded on VHS. Nice. <laughs> like Duffless and Last Exit to Springfield. That's pretty good. For me, I even managed to get through the Scully years of seasons 9 to 12, which, while definitely worse than what came before, definitely had their own identity and were trying to have good gags. But the Al Jean years from seasons 13 onwards (laughs) are just flavorless, bland, and full of poorly constructed jokes. Wow. All three in this economy. (laughs) With the characters' personalities having completely changed to worse versions of themselves, I would be very interested in hearing your thoughts on the different showrunner eras, particularly Scully v. Al Jean's solo career. (laughs) Well, there's more to this, but um, let's talk about that before I continue. I mean, we've we've talked about it a bunch. I, I feel the Scully years we've mentioned because we've covered uh, two of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he goes on uh, seasons 11 and 12, and then Algene takes over seasons 13 and ad infinium. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we both agree that Scully was at least trying something. We didn't like what he was trying, yeah. mostly. <laughs> um, with, the, as you said, like the, you know, the kind of focus on jokes, the, the, the Homer uh, focus, um, celebrities playing themselves. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that becomes ubiquitous with uh zombie years that scully does introduce but the the reason why we always kind of lay this this blame on al Jean more than on scully is because al Jean took that and was just like this is fine yes you know didn't didn't say oh we need to change some stuff we need to try and get back to the you know the the glory of the golden years right he was just like no this and is the show now i think i think what the most egregious thing to me is like i agree with everything you say and when he comes in in season 13 there's clearly something wrong yes there's clearly something wrong and it doesn't change yeah like he and you're not even that far removed from your last really great season yeah you know there's still time to write the ship because you're getting renewed for two seasons now yeah yeah all the time and it's unforgivable yeah 
Anyway, back to the email. Probably the biggest example of why I hate Gene's <laughs> era of The Simpsons is season 15's Codependence Day, which not only shows Homer framing Marge for drunk di- driving to save himself, oh God, <laughs> but also has an awful B-plot with lame and irrelevant digs at the Phantom Menace. Wow. Which was five years old at the point of era. <laughs> yeah, real topical there, guys. <laughs> yeah. This also seemed to kickstart the era of lame map Mapple. Yeah, the Apple parody. Oh, Mapple, right. <laughs> Mapple-esque parodies with the uncreative Cosmic Wars, even though they reference Star Wars many times. Yeah, I remember this. They started doing, they, they created their their weird alternate universe version of Star Wars called Cosmic Wars. Yeah. Which is, yeah, again, it's That's, the same, It's a, I, I've talked about yeah. this too. The Mapple thing bugs me because they've talked about Apple the company before in the Golden Years, and I don't know why they'd suddenly decide they need these weird like offshoots these mm-hmm. like off-brand versions yeah um and it's stupid <laughs> and zokolov says i would love to hear you cover this for tbn zombie years but i would also feel guilty subjecting anyone to that terrible episode <laughs> who knows yeah <laughs> like we said it's on the list it's on the list it's yeah. already we, on the list we, we yeah. have we do keep our requests on yeah. a, in a list that uh we'll, we get to eventually and yeah. you know like i said maybe we'll still do them we'll see what kind of content we want to push out absolutely next, next coming while all in all, my final thoughts. Thank you for the amazing content. Fuck capitalism. And if you ever get Al Jean on, please ask him these questions. How dare you? How could you? And why? <laughs> Three great questions great to ask questions. Al Jean when he inevitably comes on. Al, we know you're listening. We have a seat for you. We have a seat right here. Always. <laughs> Always? I said always. Oh. Always. So you're saying like, and we've got all the Lay's you want. We know you're a fan of Lay's potato chips. Bet you can't eat just one. (laughs) All right. Our next email is from Don. I'm a bit younger than you guys, so I don't have that many people my age who like this show since watching. I've noticed how many things and I and others say that were secretly from The Simpsons, such as you've got the dud and drinking being the cause and solution to all of life's problems. (laughs) My story. I was actually born not too long after Al Jean took over. Fuck you, Al Jean. So I missed the boat on Good Simpsons. <laughs> that was that was Don writing that, not me, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> but I agree. Uh, I always knew it as akin to Full House and Brady Bunch, <laughs> where no one likes it due to quality, just nostalgia. Uh, so uh, I may have seen an episode or two at my cousin's, but that's about it. I didn't seriously watch it until a snowstorm kept us from going to school for a week. I had nothing else to do. My first episode was Homer's Enemy. <laughs> <laughs> which is a wild one to start with. Yeah. Uh, and as soon as Mo said, everybody tuck your pants into your socks, I knew I was experiencing something special. Then I heard Lisa say the word meme, and I realized the magic died long before I was born, and I could only experience in retrospect. I never had the animosity towards post-season 8 that most, most fans have, but I still think season 8 is my favorite. My favorite episode is Brother from Another Series. It's hard to top the only good clip show in the series history, uh, which was the... Um, 138th episode spectacular. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the Scully era, seasons 9 through 12, is fine, but not as good. And I will forget forever blame Al Jean for making the show look bad with his horrible need to be relevant. If the first two seasons are the Stone Age, 3 to 8, the Golden Age, and the Scully era, the Silver Age, Al Jean is the plastic that companies refuse to make biodegradable and ruins our oceans for generations to come. <laughs> This show will never be the same without Phil Hartman, guests playing characters not themselves, and Sideshow Bob actually having reasons for what he does. Here's the hoping Algene gives up the show before the before he gives up the ghost. <laughs> uh, which Brutal. is a nice way of saying I hope he stops before doing he dies. it before he dies. Yeah. Dog. <laughs> Savage. Savage. Roasted. <laughs> uh great. Love it. 
This is a great email. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's not much else that we haven't already touched on in, no, this, in this episode. This is all. This I is love great. the. I love the thinking. It's similar to Full House and Brady Bunch, though. Those are two shows yeah. that, like, I like. I watched Full House as a kid. Yeah. Never watched Brady Bunch. Yeah. So it's like to me, it's a, a weird combo. Well, but the it also real makes sense. Brady Bunch, like, because there was a movie yes. in the '90s. Yes, I remember that. A, I never saw it, but, but I that it. one was yeah. produced on nostalgia entirely. Yes, I have a weird relationship with the Brady Bunch in that <laughs> my grandma had a bunch of episodes recorded a brady bunch of episodes a brady a whole brady bunch nine uh that's what that's what nine is it's, you can you know how it's 12, a how 12 12 is a dozen right nine is a brady and bunch. several is three yes yeah nine is a brady bunch <laughs> it's not a bunch it's, it's not a bunch no, a bunch is six or seven <laughs> a brady bunch is nine that's right <laughs> anyway oh boy uh, this next email comes from Kevin. I am a fellow Canadian from Toronto, and therefore I do get your <laughs> hockey references. Like this one time when one of you, probably me, it was definitely. What do you mean, probably? I mean, it's no definitely. Way to know. There's, there's no so way to many know. ways to know. <laughs> Introduced yourself as Duncan Keith. Why did I do that? I don't know, Greg. <laughs> your reaction right now is my reaction when it happens live. <laughs> It's like, why? Why Why are you doing this? That's funny. Well, uh, I found your podcast through the real gyms. Thanks. Thanks so much, James. Um, <laughs> right when he guest starred in your Who Shot Mr. Burns episode. Great episode. Check it out if you haven't. Yeah. And I found him from the YouTube algorithm. Thank you, algorithm. Recommending <laughs> his videos on my feed. I never did watch your early podcasts prior to the one that the real gyms guest starred in, though. Oh, no, they're not that great. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> Start there, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> My story with The Simpsons started at a young age. I was a little kid who just knew the show existed from channel surfing and knew it was on at 10 p.m. on Omni TV. I remember Did you Omni. watch it on Omni? Yeah. I remember Omni, yeah. yeah. I only saw glimpses of a few episodes like Bart the General, Lisa Gets an A, and The Springfield Connection because I was too young to stay up late. Yeah. It wasn't until the summer when I was going into grade five that I decided to watch it nightly on Omni TV. I found out it was also on Omni at 6 p.m., CBC at 5 p.m., and three episodes on Global for the weekend afternoons, yeah, and Global on Sunday nights as the new season began the following fall. Yeah, they really yeah, shoved they, this show down our throats. Yeah, they nailed it. They really did. Uh, so it didn't take long to get caught up on all the episodes because of how many I was watching in a day. Yeah, it's it's really easy. Uh, when I started watching it, it was already about to begin the 17th season. Wow. I watched all the episodes that already aired in a random order based on what rerun, rerun uh, those three channels were airing. So I don't have the same perspective as those that watched every episode when it first aired since season one. But even as a 10-year-old, I did notice that the episodes with inferior graphics animation <laughs> have better plots than the episode with superior graphics animation yeah right <laughs> my two cents regarding seeing the infamous principal in the popper for the first time i thought it was going to be a clever mystery case but of course it simply got explained in skinner's backstory which was a <laughs> weak backstory as well <laughs> I wasn't really affected by this fake Skinner bombshell because, again, I didn't watch the show weekly from when season one first aired. Wasn't even alive at the time. To build these emotional bonds with the characters like everyone else. But I did find it boring when the real Skinner didn't get along with everyone and lame that they simply dragged Armin Tamzarian back to Springfield. Yeah. I do agree with this narrative. 
the one that you brought up, that the show should have ended with Homer's enemy, with Simpsons' spin-off showcase as the epilogue. I kept watching and enjoying the new episodes for the little perks that the zombie seasons had until season 20. Then, I was only watching for the sake of watching every episode ever air. After season 27, I gave up watching new episodes entirely because I only watched each episode from season 20 to season 27 once. They are not ingrained into my mind as much as the golden years to season 19, and I easily forget them. Also, I don't like season one that much either (laughs) due to the crude animation slash sounds and some dark storylines like the Babysitter Bandit, which is extra scary knowing that such a dark story was the intended pilot. Yeah. Or Homer losing his job and trying to kill himself. Yeah. Yeah. As for my top five episodes, they are Homer's Barbershop Quartet, Fear of Flying, and Maggie Makes Three, Lisa's First Word, and You Only Move Twice. Nice. I know Cape Fear is popular among Simpsons fans, but I always feel sorry for Sideshow Bob due to his backstory being abused by Krusty. <laughs> so I don't like how the show uses him as a punching bag, and therefore the episode is not on my top five. The monorail episode is another popular among fans. While I do like the episode's gags, like the Flintstones opening, I just found the monorail jingle a bit cheesy, and I didn't like the idea that the plot centered around a train. Huh. (laughs) We got a train hater. (laughs) I guess we got a train hater. That's why it's not on my top five. I find you both hilarious. For example, when you both played out the -the behind-the-scenes scenario of Kirk's outrage when he found out that Millhouse gets two spaghetti meals in one day. The only thing I don't enjoy... I should have found this time stamp, too. (laughs) ...are some of the pulp culture... Pulp, pop, pop culture references where I just zone out because I'm uncultured. No, you're not. (laughs) And don't know most of them. Other than that, I do like your podcasts. I enjoy that you don't just recap the episode because that's what Simpsons wikis are for. That's true. But rather talk about your own real-life experiences. Example, if the episode has a scene in a Comic-Con, you talk about your experiences with Comic-Con. We don't have many experiences with Comic-Con, ironically. I do. Well, not Comic-Con. Comic Expo. Yeah. Which is... The same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But Canadian. (laughs) I was going to say the... America's hat version. Uh, I don't know whether you will continue Patreon episodes after completing season 10. We will. (laughs) Not sure what. Yeah. There's a lot of things in order. Yeah. Um, but I wish you all the best for your future projects. It's been a nice three years for me. Oh, that's nice. I may not have the attention span to hear each episode <laughs> in a sitting and usually resort to playing an emulator game with the podcast playing in the background. Same. But I do really enjoy your podcast and your voices on Friday will be missed. I mean, I don't know about you, but like that's like my preferred way to listen to podcasts. Absolutely. I doing love it, doing another thing. Doing another thing. Doesn't matter like, what. Like I can't imagine and like maybe people do this, but I can't imagine just sitting down and doing nothing and listening to a podcast. Yeah, I you know? have to at least have to be doing at a project. the very least yeah. be eating. Yes, eating. Yep. Yeah. Or driving. Like when Obviously I drive driving, long yeah. distances, yeah. I love to listen to pods. Yeah. Um that was great. Thank you to Kevin. Um I hope you're enjoying uh your time in Toronto. I'm sorry about the Leafs. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> um, next uh, next email is from Max. You can call me Max. Hi, Max. I'm from Ontario, so I appreciate the Canadian perspectives. I want to say thanks for making the podcast. I found you guys thanks to the real gyms. We got to like pay the real gyms or something. I you know? mean, let's not say it on the oh, podcast. Shit. Okay, delete this. <laughs> 
Uh, it started watching around the King of the Hill episode during the pandemic. I finally caught up to you guys at the Maximum Homer Drive episode. It's an episode I have a greater appreciation for now after working in an area of the trucker industry and realizing trucker employers are hot trash and are deservedly <laughs> scammed for a reason. That doesn't surprise That's me great. at all. Uh, thanks to your podcast, I realized season six is my favorite season of The Simpsons. Uh, you Only Move Twice is still my favorite episode, but over half my top ten is from season six, including my favorite Halloween special. And since you're on season ten, I will say Homer to the Max is my favorite episode by far of that season. Love everything but the final scene with Homer and Marge, and really enjoyed your podcast episode for it. Uh, that wasn't on either of our top fives, right? No, 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 it wasn't, no. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a particularly awful episode. No, I either. think it's in the in the mediocre range yeah. for me. But yeah. Um, and then uh, I like to refer to seasons three to, three to eight as the golden years, where I like over 90% of the episodes. Seasons two and nine and Silver Lining, where I like about 75% of the episodes. Seasons 10, 11, and 12 is a grab bag, because I'm almost 50-50 on liking or disliking episodes. And season 13 is the start of the zombie years for me, where I basically only like about five episodes a season from there. Uh, the episode that killed my interest in The Simpsons, though, was season 18's The Boys of Bummer. Hey! So there's another, another call for that one being one of the worst of all time. Uh, it was so bad I canceled plans to go see the movie and still, oh, still no. have never seen it. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, it's great. I recently saw someone rank it as the second worst Simpsons episode ever out of 700, so I feel validated too. Um, I, I want to know what the first is, though. What's the number one worst ep- ep- ever? <laughs> so, uh, you know, write in again, Max, and let me know what number one was, what the worst episode of all time was. <laughs> um, yeah. Here's a quick one for you, uh, Greg. Yeah, this is from Jose. Hello, guys. I saw a video on the Cinepals. I'm sorry. That's I have to stop you right there. Don't. <laughs> no one look. No one search this out. Don't watch those. You're, you're just doing Barbara Streisand effect right now, though. Just so you know. I know. <laughs> Suddenly, our, our like hits on the video is going to be like skyrocketing. Great. <laughs> Uh, you get a bunch of comments being like, you guys are losers. Like, Jose, Damn it. Jose continues. <laughs> Holy moly. I assumed Alan was blonde with glasses <laughs> or Greg had the black beard and sweet face. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have a cruel face. <laughs> well, hold on. I think he's just saying I have a sweet face. Yeah. But you guys are vice versa. <laughs> We, I, I, I wanted to include this one mostly for that comment because I think we've heard it a, a couple yeah, other. Right. I think on Twitter someone mentioned this yeah, as well. Yeah, and it was like once they real once they saw us talking. Yeah, uh, like a video of us talking. They they in their minds had our voice like knew what we both looked like, but had our voices switched. Yeah. based on the pictures, um, which I think is very funny. Yeah, I, I think it's because hilarious. obviously I can't ever picture you with my voice. No, or me with your voice. Yeah, it's absurd. I've lived with this voice my whole life. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Ife, Camille, Allie, bring the laughter from you guys. Those are my greatest episodes. Lastly, Godzilla kicking a tree in frustration. <laughs> Goodbye, Two Bad Neighbors. I hope you'll return in the future. The F is capitalized. I don't know why oh, that that's is. Weird. That's yeah. weird. Anyway. Um, thank you for that message. I just, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I, it's nice to shout out some favorite guests. Some, um, the, just the best. Yeah. Just the best guests. Yep. The ones who just kept coming back. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, all right. Our next email is from Dom. What's my story? I'm from Bath, UK, and started watching The Simpsons around six years old in 2001. Uh, first on BBC Two, then on Channel Four. For a couple of years, my evening entertainment went, went and here we go, uh, Blue Peter News Round 
The Simpsons, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, What a Time to Be Alive. Uh, just for the record, I have no idea what Blue Peter or News Round are. No, I assume they're some, very British. some ridiculous <laughs> British programs that ran for two series. <laughs> That's right. Because um, they know when to quit. Uh, but The Simpsons, Fresh Prince, hell yeah. Uh, my parents were quite liberal about these things and would watch it with my sister and me laughing very hard at the jokes we didn't get yet. My first memory of the show was seeing Homer cubed from Treehouse of Horror 6 and being terrified of abstract mathematics. (laughs) At around 12, I started saving pocket money to buy Simpsons classic DVDs, uh, roughly seasons 1 through 12, remixed in quite random combinations. It wasn't until I started watching episodes online that I really got a handle on the seasons of the show and how things changed over time. I now rewatch... I've now rewatched The Golden Age, uh, three to eight, in my honest opinion, on so many occasions at so many different points in life, getting more of the jokes with each rewatch, taking something different each time. I found your podcast at the start of the pandemic through the Real Gems YouTube channel. Initially, I thought, wow, these guys take a long time to talk about the episode. And what's this about a two-story outhouse? (laughs) (laughs) Then I got sucked in and started from season one, listening to your mic quality and friendship evolve on fast forward, hearing snippets of current affairs and movie discussions from the past five years. Your company has been much appreciated in the long months of lockdown when suddenly spending 96 minutes listening to a discussion of Bart versus Australia became a reasonable use of time. Yeah, that I remember back when that was our yeah, longest episode. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah, sorry. <laughs> this is going to be a long one. Uh, I'm definitely in the season 9 bad camp, if you're still updating that spreadsheet, in quotes, but I was pe- pleasantly surprised at how much the season I enjoyed on the rewatch. Um, on review, I see Principal and the Popper and Homer's Enemy as two sides of the same coin, introducing an outside character to Springfield to point out the illogical nature of the town, then having the town turn on the character. I was never a fan of Homer's enemy. It struck me as dark and bitter as a child. I sided with Grimes over Homer, uh, grimy as he liked to be called, but I have grown to enjoy the meta commentary. Once you break that bubble, though, where do you go? And then top five episodes are Cape Fear. Watched this with a friend a few years ago and genuinely laughed for 22 minutes straight. Uh, Lisa's Substitute, I cry every time, both at the note and at Homer's parenting at the end. A Millhouse divided this high due to rewatching after listening to your episode. You're welcome. Uh, Homer versus the 18th Amendment, Kablamo! And A Star is Burns, we did 20 takes and that was the best one. Uh. You've accompanied me as I've cooked dinners, cleaned my bikes, and two weeks ago when I finally caught COVID, light in bed with fever. My apologies. Or like my, uh, what's the word? Our condolences. Condolences, thank you. Sympathies. <laughs> I said my apologies, which uh, might sound like I you caused it. it. You did it. <laughs> which I just want to go on record saying I did not cause COVID. Um <laughs> Uh, shit, where was I? Uh, you made me laugh. I recall a discussion about Christopher Nolan repeatedly killing mothers and nobody stopping him. <laughs> I remember that too. Uh, and when, while I stopped short of actually crying, I got genuinely emotional when Greg asked Alan to be his best man. Good luck with your future projects. Keep watching the skis. And as always, fuck Al Jean. Dom from Glasgow. P.S. It's okay, Alan. Who doesn't love gigantic asses? Uh, I'm, I know. I, thanks, Dom. I know Alan needed to hear that. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I re- anytime I-, I am reminded of that uh, weird time in my life when one of my favorite uh, writers of one of my favorite shows uh, tells me I have an ass fetish. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Isn't it great? Uh, I, I got to say, I remember reading this email quite vividly because I, I went back and listened to the, the, that, that, that moment uh-huh. on, the, on the show. Yeah. And I'm just so glad. I'm just so glad that we have it. Yeah, on audio yeah. for forever because I think it's. Um, I I really do treasure that moment. Yeah, man, what a what a ride I was on that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that was lovely. Thank you so much, Dom. Uh, yeah. Very nice email. Really appreciate it. Uh, this next one is from uh, Kate. 
I have to say that of the several podcasts I listen to, Two Bad Neighbors is the one I always look forward to the most. Wow, that's nice. You guys have such a funny and natural rapport. I I didn't dumb it down. I said rapport. <laughs> Not just with each other, but with your guests. I think it's fun that you don't always have diehard Simpsons fans as guests. I love the random tangents you go on and your ongoing bits. My favorite being, Alan is an old man. <laughs> Greg's conspiracy quarter. <laughs> and fuck you, Al Jean. <laughs> I can't say enough positive things. You both have done a great job. This is really nice. Yeah. TBN is a show that, like The Simpsons, has both humor and heart in its storytelling because you share things about your lives. In other words, you have forced me to actually care about you as human beings. <laughs> and that's part of what keeps it interesting. <laughs> While I am sad that it has to end soon, I totally understand why you don't want to go into the zombie years, and I look forward to hearing about what your next project will be because I will most likely be tuning in, unless it's just a big lame. <laughs> What's my th- story? Thanks for asking. I'm from Ohio. Sorry. And grew up watching <laughs> Captain Wacky and his family since the first episode aired when I was five. My older siblings and I used to record every episode on VHS nice. and rewatch them a lot. We even had Simpsonathons during holiday gatherings. Good choice. Where we would binge several episodes, and this was before binging was a common thing. So we would be quoting the show to each other constantly. Being an artistic, sensitive, nerdy type, Lisa was the character I related to the most. But I don't think she's my favorite character. I think that would be Homer. My favorite episode for a long time was Lemon of Troy. Great choice. But really, there are so many great ones, it's hard to choose. I'm also partial to certain sentimental episodes like Lisa Substitute and The Way We Was. I think I've seen almost every episode at this point, though most of them past season 13 or so I've only seen once. For me, I have found that most episodes in the zombie years were worth exactly one watch, with a few exceptions that were either better or worse than that. But I honestly couldn't tell you any major plot points from those years because they were forgettable. Yeah. The end. That's fair. Um, I, li- I like, I mean, obviously, I like all this. I love, love this email. Um, but I like hearing that like people enjoy some of the weird-ass bits we do. <laughs> <laughs> And I was thinking about how, like the you know, the Alan is an old man bit in quotes because it's not a bit. I no, am it's not. You are one hundred and thirty-two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like that's like become the weirdest, longest running one <laughs> that I think has only started in the past two years. I think you're right. Like I think in season nine, maybe yeah. even is when that for whatever reason that started becoming a thing, and then you just like you just grabbed it oh, and yeah. pulled it in, and you're never letting go. Well, you know, I'm from a improv background. <laughs> uh huh. You know. Sure. And there's a there's a rule in improv that they try and get you to avoid, which is you know milking something <laughs> for all it's worth, right? Even well past the point of it being funny. Yeah. Well, I write in if you think we're still if it's still funny. By the way, happy mm. birthday. Uh, th- yes, thank you. <laughs> Wait, what? One hundred thirty-three. Oh, it's today. Yeah. Weird. It's all right. It's a weird addition to the bits. No, you forgot. My your, birthday's changed now. You forgot your pills. I understand. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> Fuck. All right. This is the last one in this section, and then we'll be move on, moving on to corrections and omissions, which is a quicker section, to be clear. Uh, this message is from Aaron, and this is uh, from a recent episode. Um, excellent. <laughs> I love this email. I have to say, I love yeah, this email. It's great. Excellent question on which movies would be improved by the additional full frontal male nudity. <laughs> 
which if you didn't listen to the past episode, I think that was that on 30 seconds. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. 30 seconds over Tokyo is when we talked about this. Um, I don't even remember why it came up. Uh, if you ever consider reviving the Cinepals, and this sort of interesting, absurd discussion and thought experiment is right up my alley. Probably a bad phrase to use in this context. Anyway, my top five picks <laughs> I came up with are... This is Aaron's top five films that would be improved by the addition of full frontal nudity. Yeah. Being John Malkovich. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we should see his, his, his dong. Yeah. We should see John Malkovich's dong I while don't, people are being him. I don't disagree. Yeah, that's great. Great choice. Logan. Also a great choice. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I want to see old man Logan. It's rated R already. Flopping around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Castaway. Just makes sense. That just makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. He, what, yeah. You don't need to wear a, a tunic or what is it? Yeah. Not a tunic. Loincloth. Yeah. <laughs> when you're uh, by yourself, Tom yeah. Hanks. Uh, Birdman. <laughs> Which I guess like he, That makes sense too. Yeah. He he strips down. He does he strip sh- down at the end, right? go the full Monty. Yeah. We got to see it. And then American Psycho, which again, that also makes, sense makes sense too. Yeah, crazy. This, is, this is a good list. It's a good list. A good top five. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Congrats again. I shall indeed keep watching the skis. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> weird shit like that. Also, something I love. These hypotheticals, especially when we talk about movies. <laughs> um, let's move on right into our second part of this mailbag episode, which is corrections and omissions. We got a couple of them. Um, uh, not too many. Anyway, let's start with the first one. Or you start with the first one. That's right. Christy writes. <laughs> and again, I don't remember if we've already discussed yeah. this, but it it, it should I, be this noted. This seems familiar. Yeah. It, Please it should tell be noted. Alan that the monster from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is the bumble, not, <laughs> not the, the grumble. grumble. Yeah, I I called him the grumble in a previous episode. And you'll never live I'll it never down. live it down. He's the bumble. <laughs> Like the like the dating app. <laughs> I honestly like the grumble more. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's kind of why my mind went there because it's like, better. I think that's funny. Your punch up was better. <laughs> yeah, better. shocking. <laughs> that special. But I mean, sucks. obviously they I call him that they special <laughs> so much. <laughs> they call him the bumble because it's like the abominable snowman. Yes. right? so it makes sense yes. that that's the shorthand for it in their world. But he kind of grumbles though. He does kind of grumble. You know. You know what? Yeah. You're right. Anyway, anyway, uh, again, I, we might have already read that correction, but I just felt if we hadn't, it needed to be said. Uh, next one is from Carl, which we'll be seeing a lot of in this section. Uh, I was re-listening to your episode, The Joy of Sect. Notice you missed a reference. The special K-joke was a reference to the fact that the, creators, uh, the creator, Keith Kellogg, was an insane religious zealot, kind of right on the line between a cult member and a genuine religious person. In fact, he was against sugar and food because he thought it would induce sinful thoughts in people. Anyway, short and sweet. Have a good one. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if that's necessarily a direct like if because we talked about that special K joke. We did, and how it's weird. Yeah, and uh, and kind of absurd. And it, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there is some tangential relation to Kellogg being a crazy religious guy. He was also like a big proponent of circumcision. I think probably he was definitely because he basically the the re- and this is wild if you don't already know this. The reason cornflakes were invented was to stop little boys from masturbating. Yeah. Um. He believed that too much sugar in a young boy's diet, especially in the morning, uh, caused sinful thoughts, as it were, and therefore they would touch themselves. And so he was like, well, let's put a stop to that. I'll have this bland, shitty cereal that I'll market. And then it became a hit. Uh, Both Kellogg and Graham. Graham crackers are another one in the same camp that was invented to stop little boys from masturbating. You'd be surprised how many things in our world were invented to stop masturbation, and uh, you failed. You did. You you fucked up, Kellogg. Yeah, because we do it all the time. Turns out, 
it's kind of part of life. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like it's a natural thing anyway. And to deny yourself that is, well, you're the one who's going to do something violent. Exactly. So, so fuck you, Kellogg. Uh, this next correction and omission comes from Sam. He writes, they write, thank you for your kindness. Re, my love for Lost Arlisa. I just find it funny and the ending very beautiful. I'd not expect you to be jerks about it, but a lot of people online would be. <laughs> Speaking of that episode, an omission you didn't mention was the scene with Homer pretending to be a traffic warden and encountering Burns and Marge. I love that moment. Secondly, <laughs> the what if episode of Friends and the Central Perk is Bar episodes are <laughs> two. It's like you've never heard these words before. Different ones. <laughs> I don't blame you for that at all, though. Yeah. It's not the show you're an encyclopedic compendium Do you remember of. this conversation? I do now, yeah. Yeah. We talked about it briefly. We were talking about this episode of Friends, and I definitely conflated two different episodes into one. Uh, the What If episode is a different episode than the one where it's like kind of a uh, precursor of like how everyone met and uh, but when, the, when Central Perk but, was a bar. Yeah, but the Central Perk is a bar episode is the one where they all almost have sex with each other. I believe so, yeah. That yeah. sounds right. Yeah. I think that's what I was thinking of when yeah. I was thinking of what if. Yeah, and I think I, I was just conflating that because like, there's the thing about, like, well, what if I uh, didn't lose weight or something? So, so like, Monica's yeah. in her fat suit again. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, we, we're not an encyclopedic companion of friends. Never will be. No. Oh. <laughs> but thanks for that. That's, that's, that's Gabin with Gunther. Oh, is God. what that podcast would is be that called. actually uh, I don't know probably he could probably start a podcast <laughs> he probably could yeah. yeah um thank you for that we have another one from Carl in your Bart the Mother episode you asked for the snitch character it's Frankie the Squealer introduced in season 12 uh the episode Insane Clown Poppy um yes I was trying to remember who that character was that was kind of the um other side of the coin to uh Johnny Tightlips Johnny Tightlips whatever tight yeah lips. something like that yeah. That's it. <laughs> Carl writes again, two days later. <laughs> yeah, we got a bunch in a row. It was great. To Alan, I'm a little disappointed oh, in you damn it. for your references of the season 10 episode, Halloween episode, The Terror of Tiny Town. It was just a cattle wrestling movie. It had an all little person cast, hence the name. It's kind of a trip to watch and free on YouTube. So check it out. Yeah. I can't remember what I said about Terror of Tiny Town. I might have called it a Twilight Zone segment or something. And yeah, that's maybe. why. I enraged uh, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carl again. <laughs> uh, One week later. <laughs> well, we had a new episode out. Uh, for Doan in the Wind, you left out the part the first second before the wall hammers, the skeletons and bears uh, saying, Top of the morning, Ned, is from the Grateful Dead. Um, so in that whole acid trip segment, there was the hammers from the wall. Mm -hmm. Um and then, uh, yeah, I guess we didn't mention that's a Grateful Dead reference. I probably just missed it. It's kind of fun that Ned was seeing that since they have a lot of religious elements in their early work. Grateful Dead does. Mm -hmm. Finally, the idea of a freakout was a reference to Ken, K Ken K Casey? Casey? Ken Kesey. Kesey, who is the writer of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and is Merry Pranksters. Um, and it says, see the electric Kool-Aid acid test, which I did look up. And just a brief synopsis from Wikipedia for those that aren't aware. The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test is a nonfiction book by Tom Wolfe, a first-hand account of the experiences of Ken Kesey and his band of merry pranksters who traveled across the U.S. in a colorfully painted school bus. Kesey and the pranksters became famous for their use of psychedelic drugs such as LSD in order to achieve expansion of their consciousness. Uh, who hasn't? The book chronicles the acid test, parties with LSD-laced Kool-Aid, encounters with notable figures, 
writers of the time, Hells Angels, Grateful Dead, Allen Ginsberg, and describes Kesey's exile to Mexico and his arrests. Yeah, I will be honest, I didn't know much of anything about Ken Kesey except for that he wrote One Foo of the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> so this yeah. is a this is a wild this was a wild little tangent for me to uh, dive into, um, and that's as far as I dove into though. So uh, check it out if you want mm-hmm. to know more. Uh, this next one comes from Koi. Uh, we've already mentioned this. <laughs> we have. We've mentioned this a while ago, but I want to uh, do it again because it's funny. Yeah. Uh, Coleco was a real computer entertainment and Cabbage Patch Kids company. You have angered literally dozens of nerds. Not only <laughs> that, is, yeah. but Coleco uh-huh. is a portmanteau, oh, and really? I have to say this again, okay. of Connecticut Leather Company. Oh my God. That is what Coleco is. That's so silly. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to include that one mostly for the dozens of, dozens of nerds because we did have, I'd say, roughly a dozen people co- correct us on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> so, fucked up. I fucked up <laughs> big time. Big time. Um, all right, and then we got one from Mike, which, uh, past and future guest. The thing about the Muppet, ba- Muppet Babies scene in the Muppets Take Manhattan is that it is not a flashback. Oh God! Right. So I I was uh, trying to remember a lot of the Muppet movie stuff, and I asked Mike to help me, and he did. So this is him helping me. Uh, it's not a flashback. Miss Piggy's imagining what it would have been like if she and Kermit knew each other as babies. Then they made that scene into a cartoon, the cartoon TV show. Then in a later Christmas special, they watch old home movies of themselves as the Muppet babies. Jesus. The Muppets universe is almost as elastic as Springfield, but at least with the Muppets, they can and often do go with the idea that they know they're making a movie or putting on a show. Yeah. So the Muppet universe is uh, also weird. <laughs> yeah, they're performers, though. They're performers. And we love them. Sometimes they're literally the movie we're watching is their show that they're putting together. And then sometimes we're watching them put together a show. And then sometimes they, I don't know, go on a caper. <laughs> and sometimes they go to space. And sometimes they come from space, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they're most wanted. Gassan writes... Uh, oh, right. Marion Barry was the mayor of Washington, D.C. <laughs> in the 90s who got caught smoking crack with a prostitute in a motel room. Chris Rock had a great bit about him on his first album. I remember us talking about Marion Barry. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think he was mentioned at a different time, too. Yeah, definitely. It yeah. was, uh, yeah. But that was from, I think, the Cuba episode, right? Yeah. Because it's like MB, and it's like, oh, Marion Barry. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Andy writes in, in the Sunday Cruddy Sunday episode, you mentioned the gag with holding up the beer mugs to cover the mouth mouth for the names of the teams playing in the Super Bowl, and then they do the same for President Clinton. I had to double check the episode air date to confirm, but this definitely didn't seem like a random gag to me. I'll set the scene for late 98 and early 99 in America. I had just started at college, or university as you call it, <laughs> and was at the age where I was starting to pay attention to politics. Bill Clinton had done pretty much one of the worst atrocities ever perpetuated by an American president and had been impeached for it. As our politicians have recently shown, there's very low bar to kick a president out of office and prevent them from ever running again and destroying the world. And so there was a very distinct possibility that by the time that episode aired, Bill Clinton would no longer be president. So that's how I always interpreted that joke. And the same for Al Gore measuring the drapes in the Oval Office since it was still almost two years away from the next presidential election. So that part wasn't so much about Fox thinking that Gore was going to win. Oh, that... Yeah, that that tracks. Yeah, so it was more about because he was the VP, right? So yeah. it was like, oh, he's he's been impeached. Yeah, he might be kicked out. Gore might take over. How naive we were. Yeah, yeah. How naive we were and still are. Good lord, <laughs> if the Democrats just oh boy, just kicked Come him on. out. Good lord. <laughs> no, do you do you have any idea how much better off we would be? 
If they kicked out Clinton? If the Dems voted <laughs> in the Senate right. to uphold the 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 or however it was yeah. i can't rem- it's it's got to be a senate impeachment right they have to convict I believe in it's, the senate. yeah so the so impeachment if is, they yeah. if they did it if they actually had fucking like the balls s- some balls or integrity <laughs> whatever you want to call it yeah to do it then they could hold that up yeah forever right they could be like we did it when we had to. Yes, with our pres, like you know, our the president on our political side. So they would so have you done it also. twice. Yeah, they would have impeached Bush <laughs> easily. Yeah, and they would have impeached Trump easily. Yeah, twice. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. 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 <laughs> uh, this is from Coy. Um, it's Halifax Harbor, not Halifax River. Um, uh, all right, listen. <laughs> But um, I misspoke. I clearly was doing a bit. I was doing a bit where we were talking, like, do you know? I, don't we, what this was. I was doing a bit where we were talking about, like, uh, you know, how we were down on the on the Halifax Pier, and I was. Oh right, uh, you're doing your Canadian guy. Yeah, I was talking about well, like uh, maybe I'd uh, if it uh, you know ever freeze over again, I'd go for a rip on a snow machine. Okay, sure. There, bud. And uh-huh. I accidentally called it the Halifax River. When we all know it's the St. Lawrence. Yeah, I don't, I don't know any of this shit. So, no, it's not. It's a Halifax Harbor because it's an ocean town. Right, <laughs> Halifax River is obviously Mima speaking. Right. So okay. Anyway, uh, best of luck in your future endeavors. Just don't let them break down into dumb voices or <laughs> impenetrable inside gags like all podcasts eventually do. Huh. Almost like something you just did. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> what I just did. That was good timing. That was brilliant. Um, <laughs> uh, we have a question slash omission from Dan, just a fellow neighborino. Pardon me. Saying congrats, you made it through seasons one through ten. What a ride. I found your podcast a month ago. I've been enjoying everyone more and more as they move along. I just finished episode 70, Lisa on Ice, my personal favorite Simpsons episode, and I wasn't disappointed, except maybe that you didn't mention one of my favorite all-timer jokes. <laughs> it's when Homer says, All right, have fun out there today, and if you lose, I'll kill you. <laughs> and then Bart goes, ah. uh, gets me every time. Anyways, I just want to congratulate you both on getting this done. To be able to complete your goal is very admirable, and you seem like real fun people who love doing what you do. Okay. Keep living the good life. This, I, I love that he mentioned that joke. Yeah, good joke. This this next one uh-huh. is the one that I was, I knew as soon as we turned off the <laughs> podcast. I was like, I got several messages from yeah. people I know. I was like, several Twitter. I was like, uh, yeah, fuck, fuck. I knew it was from animals. Yeah, basically, I did the the haha shirajuar to Greg. He's like, "What's that from?" I'm like, "Pink Floyd." And then we talked about which uh, song it's from, and we settled on "Have a Cigar," it's from which the, is wrong. It's from the other five yeah. track concept album. Yeah, uh, the track is called "Pigs." Um, and it's a great track. Uh, I honestly, I told this to Ife because he was the first one who messaged me about yeah, it. Of course he was. Um, but uh, I honestly blame the heat. It was so fucking hot that day. The episode is nearly incomprehensible. <laughs> like, good lord, I can't believe we got. We were it. sweltering. It was so hot. It was so hot. There was four of us in a small room. Like, yeah, it was so hot, guys. And but, but thank you for correcting but, us. Yes, regardless, thank you, because it is important that people know that. Pigs is a great song, yeah, and it has a great line. And Sherrod, we are, we are, yeah, yeah. we, uh, uh, Mia Culpa, <laughs> Mia Sherrod, Mia Sherrod. All right, we're into our final section here, which is our question section. We're barreling through. This is good time. Is it okay? Yeah. I was worried that we were maybe going a bit over, but 
I mean, it's we knew it was going to be a longer one. Yeah, because we had a lot to get through. It's not absurd. No, but the question part might be the longer part because we have stuff to discuss. Uh, question number one, or the first one we're going to talk about at the very least, is from Sam. I would like to ask: Can you tell me what your favorite episode for each member of the main Simpson family is? So, like a focus. Uh, uh, so let's start with Homer. Yeah. I mean, you only move twice is the easy answer for me. Yeah. I do feel that's a Homer-centric one, even though it's about the family. But he's he's the driving force of that. Um, if you want a more Homer-centric one, um, it would probably be... Well, even, see, even that. Homer at the Bat is another one I'd say. But again, I don't know if I'd consider that a centric, even though his name's in the title. Because it's more about all the other baseball people. Yeah. <laughs> um, Deep Space Homer is up there for me. Wait, you're you're in deep thought. Yeah, I am in deep thought. <laughs> I'm I'm struggling to get around Mother Simpson. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, that's a, that's a great choice. Yeah, yeah, I think that's mine. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna steal it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do. Please but uh, do. I mean, you only move twice is my is my go to answer. But yeah, I yeah. think Mother Simpson's a good sub answer yeah. for me. Um, yeah. Uh, Marge, I think Springfield Connection is mine. Yeah, Springfield Connection. I think that's her, her at her best and yeah. funniest. Yeah, Springfield Connection is is great. I mean, I love her in Springfield with a dollar sign. But yes, that's not a. It's not. It's yeah, not it's a a, that kind of thing where it's episode. not it, like she's got that's a an ensemble role. episode yeah. very much. So um, the only um, other one I'd say is uh, um, class struggle. Scenes, scenes from the from class, class struggle. struggle. Yeah, that's, that's a really good Marge episode. Those are the two. Yeah. The, like, unfortunately, those are <laughs> yeah. the only the, like the, those are the two really good ones. Yeah. Um. Oh, but then there's the the one where she gets the shoplifts. Which oh, uh, Marge be not proud. Marge be not proud. Yeah. I said that's a Bart episode. No, no, no. Sorry, not Marge be not. Oh. Where she gets. Oh, where she shoplifts. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, margin chains. Margin chains. Thank yeah. you. Um. No, no. <laughs> I, I I gotta go with scenes from, scenes from the class struggle. Yeah. I just think she's very funny in that. She's one. great. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good Marge uh, story too. Yeah, um, her trying to find her place in the world and realizing that uh, she loves her family. Yeah. Uh, what about Bart? What about little Rudiger? The little Rudiger himself. <laughs> um, gosh, there's a lot. I think it's Bart sells his soul for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah, it's it has to be. That's such a good one. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, like sub answer is Bart gets an F. It's an earlier one. It's less funny, but I just really like the the character journey he goes on in that episode. Yeah, I mean, like I, over the over the course of the of the the series, I've really turned around on Marge be not proud. I, mm. I think that's. I oh, think I love a, that episode. Yeah. That's a fantastic Bart episode. It is a good Bart episode. Again, like. Uh, and I would call it a Bart episode overall, but it's like it's more of a Bart and Marge yeah. like relationship episode, which yeah. I kind of and they have almost judge as different than a Bart centric. And episode. that's yeah. where we get into a trouble with Lisa, right? Because a lot of her best episodes are like related to Homer, or related to Bart. Like Lisa on Ice is up Lisa there. Lisa on Ice is a sibling uh, Lisa's, episode. Lisa substitute is a um, yeah. Which is all? I mean, I th- I'd say that's the closest to of uh, purely Lisa, but Lisa it's also a lot about her and her relationship with her father. Lisa um, the vegetarian. Vegetarian follows the one. same. Yep. it's the same idea. Like it's very much about her relationship to Homer. Yeah, and then you get like the weird ones that we've done recently, like Save Lisa's Brain. Yeah, Lisa gets an A, where it's like they're trying to do a Lisa episode, but it's just not quite hitting the mark. Yeah, um, I like Lisa's sax. 
Yeah. I like it. Yep. I like it. It's centric on her. But <laughs> no. I think it's Lisa's substitute for me. Yeah. I think that's the Yeah, it's gotta be. Right? It has to it, be. I know it's an obvious one, but yeah. there's nothing just, there's nothing wrong with going with the know, obvious at this it's, point. Yeah, like I, yeah. I think it has to be. Yeah. It's just so good. Yeah. And uh Bergstrom is a great little one off character. Um Maggie and Maggie makes three. It she doesn't really have centric episodes, but that's the closest one. Yeah. And it's a good one. <laughs> or Lisa's first word. Or sorry, the uh yeah, I always get those Lisa's first word is one ends with daddy. Yeah. Maggie Meeks Three is the one ends with do it for her. Yeah. Right. Both so devastating. Both, both. Yeah, both great. I kinda they're kinda like a, a prequel and a sequel, you yeah. know. They're <laughs> both utterly devastating. Yeah. Just incredible family episodes. Yeah. What's your favorite Homer Marge episode? Ooh. Um bu- 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 bu. good question. Do you have one on the docket? Yeah, natural born kissers. <laughs> That's fair. I mean I did turn around it. on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, they do fuck in that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I like uh, A Mill House Divided, even though it's tough to call it that, because it's really just Act 3 that's about them. But I love that episode so much. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. Um, I mean, The Way We Was. The Way We Was very good, yeah. I'm just talking about, like... The, the flashback episodes now. Yeah. I kind of just want to, like... Because I've been doing a mild rewatch of some of the classic episodes and I'm like what 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 ties them together maybe I want to go back and do some of the canonical flashbacks, flashbacks yeah because they're so wonderful there um great that was that was good thanks Sam uh next question from Jordan question for you two would it be better if the current incarnation of the simpsons was canceled and replaced by a reboot on one hand, it could be a great chance to let Julie Kavner and the other voice actors finally <laughs> retire while also letting new blood into the franchise. However, it could also just wind up uh, as a little more than a marketing gimmick, especially if Al Jean is put in charge again. Do you think it would go well? I have a simple answer for this. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> I had the same instinct. I think uh, if you're going to do that, like if you're going to cancel The Simpsons and then quote unquote reboot it, just do a new show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if it's if it's a matter of oh, the writers are like tired of working on this show, do a new show with the with that writers with yeah. the, the gang of writers. I don't know. I I I don't see any point in rebooting The Simpsons because it kind of has been, in a sense. Like you know, there's no strict uh, point <laughs> where that's happened, but it's like kind of gradually it's become a different show. Yeah. Um, that feels like a reboot. In a sense, it's done like if you watch if you times. watch an episode from season four, yeah, and then or like say someone had never heard of The Simpsons, never seen anything about it, you show them an episode from season four, and then show them an episode from season thirty, like they will say this is a different show. Yeah, it's a different show with the same characters. Yeah, did they reboot this? <laughs> you know, definitely feels like it. Yeah, so over and um, over it feels like it. Yeah, so I don't think it would be uh you know the kind of solution as it were to the problem that the show has. I think you just need to exit and do something different. Yeah. That's the only solution. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Captain Wacky did ask us a question. Um, do you guys think it's possible for any show to remain funny and heartfelt or is the road a natural fork? Basically asking as a show continues and you know, Simpsons is an odd one because it's gone on for I, uh, the longest, I think now, right? 100%. Um, the longest scripted show. Uh, 
is it possible for any show to ever maintain its kind of like humor and and heart or will it always start to diverge because you do see that with like pretty much any show. i mean there's the whole concept of jumping the shark is is known because it's such a common thing with television yep. that at some point every show starts to become lesser than it was yep um I don't know. Do you have thoughts? Do you think that it's possible? I mean, it's it's tough to say because we haven't seen it happen, I don't think. No. Like, I can't name a single show that has lasted longer than five seasons, I'd say, that has remained consistently good. No, I, I, I don't think that's possible. Yeah. Like, if you're going to last for... Even Seinfeld, which I think yeah. is a brilliant show, I recognize the last two seasons are weird. <laughs> they get kind of off the rails when Larry David leaves, you know? But yeah. I still think they're hilarious and fun. But it's like a it's a very different kind of show, and you know you can tell that's why Jerry's like we need to end this. Like yeah. it's you know it, it's it's not the same anymore. Yeah. And now he's asking, is it is it possible for for any show to remain funny and heartfelt? And no, I I honestly I don't think I yeah. don't think you can. And I I think The Simpsons is in one of and uh, is in the minority camp. Where it it veered off into one fork, which was like we're gonna try and be funny, whereas shows with human beings uh, in the cast usually <laughs> even even if they started from the point where the whole premise of this show is that there is awkward tension because these people are forced to work I'm using the office here <laughs> in an office together yeah and they otherwise wouldn't be around each other but it's the American work system and they work in an office together and that's where we're gonna mine our comedy from even that show <laughs> uh-huh. by the time it reaches its ninth season yeah. is so treacly and sentimental that it makes me want to puke <laughs> like I can't stand that shit like do you, do like you the, find that with with office season nine it gets you, you didn't even watch that far i watched it when <laughs> when they were saying that they were going like that it was going to be the the end I, I watched like the the last half of season nine. Oh, i see okay yeah yeah um and it's terrible it's yeah it's just terrible and i i want to go further with this mm-hmm. i want to i want to bring in i want to bring in everyone's favorite fucking copaganda show brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> that piece of shit I hate wow, that hot show. Take. Okay. I hate that show. Really? I think it's awful. Really? Okay. Yes. Uh, and Explain. Because I love the show. The but. purpose, the, the reason I think it's awful is because it follows this, this very same toxic, I think, uh, workplace comedy formula, which states that your people who you surround yourself with at work are going to be your family. Right. And I think that is a level of insanity <laughs> that I can't deal with. Yeah. I, I find think it w- it's very, very, very unhealthy. And I also think it's very, this is like, I'm jumping on a bandwagon here, but I think it's a right, it's the right bandwagon. Okay. They're cops. Yeah. They're not funny. <laughs> okay. And it's a problem that the show has always had. Yeah. And they never really deal with it. And I hate that people love it so much. Um, wow. I Sorry, I've like, had that on my chest for a while. That's fine. I feel like I have a lot to say, but I don't want to turn this into a Brooklyn Nine-Nine cast. But yeah. uh, um, I mean, I really like the show. I think that 
I, I but I, I agree with your kind of overall point. This the the kind of concept of yeah, workplace comedies especially that do this. Yeah. The Office was a a bigger one for me, maybe just because uh, it lasted longer and uh, was a bigger phenomenon, I'd say, than Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, yeah, I mean, it was still at the time where like there was must see TV. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this this idea that um. <laughs> these fucking weirdos in this office like these are your only friends or the people in the office like where's jim's friends you it's know because he sometimes will mention other friends and yeah. whatnot and i'm like i never see them i don't believe you you don't have any friends because you're an asshole um <laughs> but see our previous episode yeah, exactly. for more on that uh, but i think maybe the reason brooklyn 99 worked better for me in that sense is because i think an office setting doesn't make sense for me as like a place to make friends but it seems like and this is me knowing very little to nothing about the life of a detective but it seems like a detective that becomes your all-consuming life yes that's, that's you know what that's, i mean that's true so like with the office it makes less sense because i'm like no no you go there nine to five then you go and do things you enjoy yeah that's not that shouldn't be your whole life the office whereas yeah. it does seem like people who get into becoming detectives it becomes based on you know movie tropes where it's like hey where have you been detective husband like ah working a case you know how oh, our marriage is yeah. on the rocks because you're a detective um it's so a, i liked the idea that they yeah. they formed this family in this setting only because of that it's the, there's a reason they call it the job right yeah. like the yeah. Being a police officer, it's called the job. You know, like it's it's what you do. It is yeah. your it is your all consuming. It is your pension. It is your life. Yeah. Um. And I mean, let's not go into it. Um. <laughs> I, d- I I'm I will say just to, like to kind of a little capper to this because we won't talk too much more about Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um. I like that they've decided to make the fi- the next season the final season. Um. You know they had. Uh, what I think eight seasons yep. already. So this is the ninth. Um, eight or nine? Yeah, I can't remember. But uh, but they ended the last season that they had before twenty uh, twenty, which is when a lot of the kind of like police bullshit yeah. became globally known at the very you know like obviously there was a lot of propaganda bullshit throughout the entirety of it's culture. Just you couldn't ignore it anymore. You couldn't ignore it anymore, and and they basically said when that was happening, they're like, hey, we had a bunch of we had a bunch of uh, scripts already written for our next season. We're scrapping them all. We're, we're redoing the entire season based on the world. And I like at the very least that they're trying. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Because as you said, it's going to be like it's 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 a weird thing to choose to make a comedy around yeah i think it works like i think it's a really funny show i kind of you know <laughs> I, I i guess i like the fact that the the characters are shown as adept at their jobs as well as you know goofballs um like because you could easily go the other way where it's like oh these all these fucking bumbling idiots and they're also really bad police officers um but i like at the very least that it's like no no they are quote unquote the good ones and again that's another conversation where like that's part of the problem where it's propaganda but i at the very least enjoyed that um they didn't show them as uh as dumbasses when it comes to doing police work mm-hmm. like they seem to have the right uh, approach to it and they had some i think pretty good episodes about like you know uh racism in in the in new york um where terry uh i don't know how much of the show you actually watch but like there's an episode where terry uh is just like in a neighborhood without his uniform on and he's uh stopped by a police officer who doesn't know him and is like treated really poorly because he's black and he's like fuck like the only reason i he stopped is because i showed him my badge like i told him i was a police officer and it's and they get into like a really good conversation about that because the you know the chief is black and gay, um, and uh, yeah so I think there's a lot of like really good stuff in that show but I I can understand 
your perspective as well. Um, I I do think if they had decided to just double down on the show and not address the stuff going on in the world right now, and if they had you know not decided to do one more season as like a final goodbye, uh, I would start to wane on it quite a bit. Um, and who knows what this final season will hold? Maybe it'll be really great. Maybe it'll be really poorly conceived. I don't know. But I just I think they have a really good approach to it at the very least, and their heart's in the right place. And it's just kind of unfortunate that they decide to do a cop show that in the climate where we're all kind of realizing collectively as a culture that cops should be held more accountable and are bad in general. Um, uh, Cause like, you know, you think about how many cop shows there have been before Brooklyn nine, nine and they're way more prop copaganda than, than this show. Yeah. So, so it's like, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird uh, two sides of a coin, I think for me at this point, but what I come down on most is workplace comedies. Yeah. <laughs> Like you know where I'm coming from, right? I do. And um, it it it's, uh, like that's not to say that I think according to Jim, <laughs> is better than uh-huh. The Office. <laughs> sure. You know, I've never watched but, an episode of According to Jim. Maybe but it's great. I don't know. There's a thing. There's a thing that I that I keep going back to, and it's it's just the 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 the, the simple difference between the UK office and the American office and it's the UK office ended in two series. Yeah. And the and the American office had nine. And I think the UK office also maybe because it only as you said only lasted two series and new end to end. I think it had uh at least the essence of it didn't have that feeling of oh these people in the office only like each other. Yes. That uh, that I definitely happens in US office. It's like no, they come here to do work and the reason it's a comedy situation is cuz the boss is a fucking weirdo and everyone's like well, this guy's a weirdo. Yeah. But he's our boss and it's horrible. And it's like oh, I want to go home. Yeah, it's horrible <laughs> to spend time with them. Yeah. Yep. It sucks. Yep. And you're And then like they have that Christmas special, right? Where uh at the very least Tim uh, has like moved on, right? Yeah. Like he's not working there anymore, which makes sense. It's not a job that a character like that should be in and for life. And that's yeah. what they try to do with Jim, where he's always like, "Oh, I don't want to be here forever," but then he is. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's Jim sucks. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. Anyway, oh boy, that was a that was a tangent. Where are we at? Callum. Yes. You read it. <laughs> Would you consider going back to redo some of the best of seasons one through four in the more detailed format you've been using since season five? At the time of this writing, this is the next podcast. Wait, what? At the time of writing this, the next podcast should be on the episode with Pinchy, which my friends found hilarious at school. Do you think he's a forerunner of Spider-Pig? You even have the muddy claw prints in the house. Yeah, so kind of two questions there. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I've I've actually thought about that. Like, I, I like the format we kind of settled in on with season five onward. Um, and it's kind of a shame that our seasons one through four episodes are uh, bad. <laughs> kind of? You know? Huge well, shame. Not, well, yes, sorry. It's a huge bummer. <laughs> it sucks. I didn't know what you were incredulous about. Um, but yeah, uh, so... I've thought about that. I just think it's 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 kind of like too little, too late in a way. Like may, like that's possible Patreon maybe, but like it's just it's a lot of work to go back and do those episodes again, uh, especially with the the knowledge of where we got to. Like the fun was going through them in that format and seeing the progression. Yeah, I feel like going back to do them now would be uh, would be kind of a disservice. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't think it's really in our minds to do that. Um, although I just wanted to mention, I, I've thought about that also. Like, maybe we should, you know, make our earlier episodes better. But I don't know how that would work, too, in terms of, like, the way podcasts are set up. Like, we because we'd upload them after the other ones. Then if someone was a new listener, they'd have to, like, listen to those late episodes first and then go back to the, you know, like, it's just... it. I'm confused about it. Yeah. (laughs) It's not entirely out of the question, but it's also, mm, don't hold your breath. Yeah. We got other stuff to move on to. Yeah. Uh, And then, is Pinchy a forerunner for Spider-Pig? Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's got that same kind of vibe of like Homer purchases or like gets an animal and then develops an affinity for it. Yeah. And it's an animal most people don't have as pets. And it's one you can eat. It's one you can eat. I mean, you can eat all animals. And... Let's not forget, does whatever a spider pig does. Read the next very, question. Very, Read crea- the next question. very creative writing. <laughs> uh, uh, this is from James. Uh, <laughs> not the missing one, I don't believe. Uh, I know you occasionally discuss the floating timeline on your show, but after rewatching the Real Gems video series on it, can't help but imagine an alternate, re- an alternate reality where The Simpsons had been rigorous- rigorously planned out time-wise. Say from the start of the show, they had always had a team of geeks alongside the writers checking continuity, aging the characters appropriately, fixing all events at a certain point in time, etc. My question is, which of the two extremes do you think you'd both prefer? I remember you mentioned that starting season 10, the showrunners would have begun, should have begun to age the characters in order to give the series a new wind. I also like that idea, but this scenario would assume there can be little to no floating. Perhaps the greatest leeway could only be to, uh, could only be within a given month, say. So like, yeah in each kind of given state you you can float within a month i guess is what what they're saying yeah this question hurts my head (laughs) uh personally i like to see the fixed timeline reality i think it would have made the show a lot more sustainable in the long run with characters settings gradually shifting at the same time i think this would have still allowed the vast majority of the golden year storylines to work despite the characters all being a little older perhaps it also allow interesting things to be done with flash forward slash flashback episodes something to ponder anyway yeah i think basically was asking greg (laughs) to maybe help you is um would you prefer like uh, from the beginning, a, con- a a clear continuity, like a lot of you know prestige TV shows have. No. Or would you prefer a, a floating timeline still, like they kind of already do, but also having clear demarcations of you know continuity and you know so basically like a lot of the continuity breaks that we mentioned in our Patreon. You know, where it's like, oh, Homer and Marge actually met at summer camp. Like, mm-hmm. shit like that wouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the characters wouldn't be, like, aged often, mm-hmm. if at all. Like, maybe every so often be like, oh, it's Bart's birthday. How old is he turning this time? 11. You know, like, they might still do stuff like that. Because, um, yeah, I mean, my argument was keep seasons 1 through 10 as the floating timeline. But then you've done a decade, so you should start aging them because culture and society is starting to change and that way you can have things like them getting iphones and shit and not feel really jarring you know yeah um my answer is yes to a floating timeline it works (laughs) but you you need you need you need to age them you just need to yeah like i I agree with you like it's it's simple like if you're for a cartoon show, it works for a while. Yeah, it's basically my my yeah. long and short of it. Yeah. It works for a while to, to not age them, but at some point you have you to. have to do it. Yeah, it's uh, and honestly, if it, it's literally it's just, just every ten years, it's, it's just <laughs> insane. It's just insane that they didn't, and it makes me sick. Anyway, um, <laughs> did we write? Did we answer that? Is that yes. fine? All right. Sam writes. 
Are you aware of Virtual Springfield? No. Not to be confused <laughs> with the SNES game, Virtual Bart, Virtual Springfield, was a 1998 PC game that allows you to take a tour of Springfield filled with great jokes and fun callbacks and even find secrets. Not a great game, <laughs> but a unique Simpsons experience. Features some of the last lines of the great Phil Hartman, recorded for Troy McClure, who does the intro. So there is Troy out there that you might not have experienced. I have not experienced it. Yeah, so uh, Janelle actually had a copy of this, and we played it once. Wow. And um, yeah, it was basically just a... a <laughs> pretty pixelated uh you know first person view of different places in springfield and you'd like click you know like mist did you ever play mist that pc game yes yeah. i did actually so like think of that but springfield except for also shittier graphics but right. just that kind of concept where you like click somewhere and it moves you there and then you can click on things and like things will activate and yeah Troy, i remember troy mcclure uh being a major part of it but maybe i'm just remembering the intro um, but I thought maybe like he'd comment on things too as you clicked on things, but I that might be wrong. <laughs> but yeah, it was basically it was like it's not a game. It's just like literally like a uh, it's like one of those CD-ROM show off the technology kind of things. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't uh, seen it. So maybe we'll cover it when we do an episode on video games. Yeah, we're planning on a video game episode all about Simpsons video games because there's a bunch of them. Um, but not anymore, and I want to talk about it. Yeah, but the kind of the history of Simpsons in video gaming, and uh, I've played a lot of them. I want to say I don't know if Greg has. No, not many. But uh, we'll we'll probably watch some let's plays or that kind of thing, and so we can get a have a better conversation about it. Oh, look at that! That's my bedtime reminder. Oh, uh oh, too bad, baby. We got more emails. Yep. Um, all right, we got one from Zach. Um. I was listening to your episode on Sunday, Cruddy Sunday, and was very intrigued by your discussion on the Perfect Film Trilogy. Great episode. I was interested because I have my own pick and was waiting for it to be brought up, even though I had a good idea that it was not. When it was not brought up, I had the urge to email you guys about it just to see if you had seen it and to hear your opinions on the trilogy. Even though I would have no qualms about someone like Alan, or anyone, I don't know if that was a dig at me or not, uh, someone like Alan or anyone else picking Lord of the Rings. I think he meant me. Oh, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's confusing us. Yeah. Um, or anyone else picking The Lord of the Rings as a perfect film trilogy. Since I have loved those movies since I was a kid, I've always since high school adored Richard Linklater's Before Trilogy with Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. While it is a bit more artsy-fartsy compared to some of the movies that usually get talked about when it comes to film trilogies, it was one that I will always recommend someone to watch, even if they are not someone who is totally on board with the premise of two foreigners talking for 90 minutes and falling in love. All right. All right. Well, let me let's, fin- no, let me no, finish. I know he okay. goes on. I know he goes on, and the, he's already asked. The, the, Zach's already asked this question, and I appreciate it. Uh-huh. It's time for us to answer it. It's time for us to answer his question. <laughs> All right. And the answer is it's a fucking great trilogy. Yeah, I want to so, finish the email first, and then because t- I want to talk at length about this. It's a great trilogy, and let's talk at length about it. Okay, I just wanted to finish it first. At least to me, it has informed me a lot of my feelings towards love, companionship, friendship, as well as what it means to grow up. It's a film series I hold very near and dear to my heart. It's a collection of works that I will continually pass to people about alongside Twin Peaks and Over the Garden Wall. Again, I would love to hear your thoughts on the films if you have seen them, and if you would agree about the Before Trilogy, be considered a perfect trilogy. Thank you again for all your work. I'm excited to see what you do in the future. Yeah, I just want to finish that because, yes, I love these movies. They're great. They are three wonderful films. Uh, I actually... Uh, read this email when he sent it to us, and then I rewatched them all. Yeah, not I was when I when when I read this email, I was like, "Fuck, of course." Yeah, I didn't even think about it because it it is such a unique trilogy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I consider it a perfect trilogy. 
on a rewatch. All right. I think the first two films are both perfect. Uh-huh. I think Before Midnight is very good. Uh-huh. But I don't know if I'd call that one perfect. Right. Um, I don't know how you, like, did you rewatch Midnight recently? Do you? I've only seen, I was only able to watch Midnight once. Okay. Because it. I, I think maybe it, just because it hurt, it hurt me a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I think what's unique about the trilogy and uh, why I'm kind of glad they're not doing a fourth one um, is the first one is very much a idealistic, like falling in love movie. You know, yeah. like it's about two people falling in love. Um, the second movie is my favorite of the trilogy, um, and I think it's because it's a more realistic look at love. If that makes sense, like it's it's less about this idealized like, which is wonderful, like the the way they they uh, interact and the way you can see them falling in love and like that moment at the end when they're le- when he's about to leave and they're like, oh, like uh, what, what should we exchange numbers? No, we said we wouldn't. You know, they're, they're having that moment. I'm like, kiss her, kiss her. <laughs> Like I'm so I every time I'm yelling at the screen, please just kiss. You clearly both want to kiss. Um, and then they, you know, they don't do it. They don't exchange numbers because that's the agreement they made. And it's very uh, bittersweet. And Didn't, then don't they have sex in oh, yeah. the first one? But it's not clear. Uh, in the first one, they are lying on the grass. Yeah. They're making out. Yeah. They're talking about how they both want to have sex. Yeah. But then she's like, no, I, I, I have to say, no, we shouldn't have sex because... I don't want to be like, oh, you're like fantasy French girl that you right. met on a train right. and fucked. Um, and then it fades away. And we see them make out a bit more, but it fades away. And it's like, well, did they? We don't know. It's never clearly stated until the second movie. So literally until nine years later <laughs> in real life uh, when the movie comes out, because they talk about that moment. They're like, they're like, but we did have sex. And it's like, because in his book, I think he he either makes it vague or says that they didn't. And it's like, but we did. And so like, in retrospect, we found out they did. But anyway, um, <laughs> the second movie is just, I think, perfect because it is, like I said, just a more realistic look at what love actually is. And like they're kind of grappling with what, would their you, current w- partners and Alan, all this stuff. Yeah. Would you say that love actually is Oh, everywhere? how dare you? How fucking dare you? <laughs> <laughs> when I'm talking about before sunset <laughs> and before sunrise and before midnight, three perfect films. Well, two perfect films and a really good film. Um <laughs> Why would you do this to me? <laughs> Why would you poison this conversation? Because it's late. No, uh, <laughs> all right, whatever. You said we were making good time before. Yeah, that was before I got. I got. I got really hungry. You had a bunch of kebabs. I. I didn't finish them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. All I want to say yeah. before midnight is just a lot more. Um, it's it's like the 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 falling apart of a marriage is kind of that story more than anything. Yeah. And it's a lot more depressing. It's hard. It's a hard watch. And I don't dislike that as a concept. I just maybe don't like the way it kind of concludes, I guess. Yeah. Where they kind of realize things aren't working, but then he like tries to do the whole, like, hey, oh, we're strangers. We just met. And she's like, don't fucking do that. <laughs> like, come on, man. Um, Yeah, and there's just, uh, I don't know. Uh, something about it just like it wasn't quite as... Just wonderful as the first two movies. But a great trilogy. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, This next one is from Valerie. We've only got five more. It's no secret that The Simpsons isn't always the best with endings, but which episodes would you say have the biggest change in quality between the episode as a whole and the ending specifically? Meaning 
good episodes with bad endings. Also, do you think there are bad or mediocre episodes that nonetheless have a good ending? I've been pondering this. Yeah. <laughs> and my honest answer is I don't think there's any bad episodes that have good endings. No. Like I can't th- I could at least couldn't think of any that I was like I don't like this episode but I really like the ending. Like I couldn't think of any like that. I definitely think there's some good episodes that are ruined by bad endings. Um I can a safe- lot in season 9. <laughs> I can safely say that one of my favorite episodes of all times has an abysmal ending. Which one's that? Cape Fear. Oh sure. I think that I think that uh, that ending straight up sucks just the the cops taking him away that that bit no that's great oh coming back to find grandpa oh right that ending yeah, yeah. i forgot about that yeah you usually <laughs> do until it happens and you're like yeah. fuck oh, right they have this weird that's really look what happened without my pills that has a really sour taste yeah in my mouth. that's true that's a great that's a great answer i hate it i've yeah. always hated that's it. a great episode and a very bad ending yeah yeah good, and like you choice. can't get around it you can't no. get around that that's the actual <laughs> ending of the episode yeah I mean, he does have Stephen Eady tickets. He does, yeah. <laughs> I'm all yours. <laughs> Great. I think Grandpa and Jasper fucked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think they've been wanting to do it for a while. <laughs> they just didn't have the the anatomical know-how <laughs> before. That's right. You know? Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I think that's a good answer. I can't think of a better one. Um, but yeah, like I said, a lot of season nine, I'm like, this is a good, ep- good episode. And then the ending ruins it for me. Um, but that's also, there's a lot of other problems with a lot of those season nine ones. So yeah. it's not like that's the only thing. Yeah. All right. Um, John writes in at the start of the year, a friend of mine wanted to explore the Simpsons asked me to compile about a season's worth of the best episodes. I made for them a personalized 25 episode list to watch mm-hmm. halfway through. They wanted a second 25 episode list that focused on their favorite character, March. Have you ever been someone's tour guide to The Simpsons? Is there an episode you'd recommend for a fan of Character X, but not for a general list of good episodes? You'll also be happy to know that when they wanted some Simpsons content to listen to, you guys were an easy recommendation. Many thanks to both of you and your guests, the one-timers, the multi-timers, and the missing, for many hours of your content. I'll be looking forward to whatever you do next. Um, Yeah, I can't really say I've ever been a Simpsons tour guide, as he says. I have. Okay. I have. And recently, actually. um, Like, the thing is... I think we could have done a good job of it. Oh yeah, you know, for for so many, for yeah. so many. Yeah. Um, problem is, we're just like not of that age anymore. I think that's the thing. I you know, like growing up, everyone I knew knew The Simpsons already. Yeah. And it was like such a thing in just in my social circle that like anyone who's like, I don't watch The Simpsons, I'd be like, Yeah, get the fuck out, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, so I'd there was em. there was a season where I was, you know, I had abandoned you to Stetton. <laughs> yes. Um, Staten Island, yeah. Which is actually Fort Steele. We all know that. <laughs> um, and like I had all these Simpsons seasons on an, um, on my hard drive. Yep. Right? And I took them out there, and several of the guys out there had never seen The Simpsons. Oh, wow. Had never had any inkling. But here's the thing. There's no Wi-Fi there. Ah. Ah. <laughs> so. So who's Mr. Popular now? It's me. It's me. I have a hard yeah. drive of content. Yeah. Would you like to see a fan edit of Batman v Superman? <laughs> no. No, they did not. They did <laughs> no, not no, want to see you. it. They no, saw you. it anyway, but. Um, <laughs> they didn't want to. They didn't but want they watched to. It. But we did watch The Simpsons, <laughs> yeah. and I started with season seven. Nice. And. It was, yeah, it was great. I would recommend... Did you start with Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 2? No, 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 no. Um, That would have been a fun one to start with. No, I I jumped in. um, We jumped in after that one. Yeah. Um, Is it Radioactive Man? 
Yeah. No. It is. Is it? Yeah. No. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, you nailed it. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, the th- I always th- never mind. Um, I was gonna. Say, I always think of that one as the season premiere now because that was our technically season premiere. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Um, <laughs> yeah. I. All right. What was the other question? Um, uh, like, if you would ever have a recommendation of someone's a fan of character X, but it's not necessarily a great episode, but it's a good episode for that character. No, honestly, <laughs> like uh, the episodes that I would recommend are good. Like, yeah, I, I would say like this is a these are great episodes. I would say the only one I'd say is um, uh, Dumbbell Indemnity for Mo. If someone's like, I love Mo, give me more Mo, I'd be like, you know what, you should check out this one. Not a great episode, but a pretty good Mo episode. You would, um, you would. <laughs> I, that's a good answer, <laughs> but before you do that. I would recommend you be like, really, Mo. <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's my first. My gut instinct yeah, is, why your, do you like your him? gut instinct is to interrogate why Mo <laughs> first, and then you'd be like, I guess dumbbell indemnity. Yeah, yeah. there's Bart sells his soul too, but that's a B plot. Yeah, Bart sells his soul, but then like there's um, the Homer they fall. Yeah, I don't like that episode though. Or as a Mo episode or as an episode, so I, I think it's better than Dumbbell Indemnity. Oh, disagree. Hard okay. disagree. All right. <laughs> I think Mo's shitty throughout that episode, and then they try to redeem him and it doesn't work. We've talked about it. Wait a minute. You're right. Yeah. I think I said that on the episode too. <laughs> I don't remember anything. It's fine. It's all it's all a blur. Yeah. All right. All right, we're almost done. Kate has a question. And it is, do you have any opinions on the YouTube channel Dark Simpsons? Not my channel, just curious <laughs> on whether or not you think it's funny. I do like that they that they said, it's not my channel, yeah. I'm not trying to plug. Yeah. Uh, and I did. I looked I looked at the channel. I did it's too. A, it's a very popular channel. I, I looked at it too. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what I'll say. So uh, I think this channel is exactly what our dear friend Ife was hoping to do at one point. Because <laughs> he was editing together simpsons clips into and creating different stories using the clips and the editing um you know like where uh (laughs) homer gets murdered and then mo moves in to be with marge and then and they live happily ever after like there's it's very funny um i think that's what this channel is I personally, I, I may be biased, but the ones Ife have, has done are way funnier than these ones. <laughs> and again, I, I have bias, I know, but I think these ones are the ones I watched are a little too long. I like yeah. sm- the smaller snippet ones where yeah. it's just like, here's a brief little thing, and it's like, oh shit, <laughs> Maggie killed Homer, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like cut to credits or like cut to Homer's grave, um, and they can they can be very funny. So like, I like the concept of re-editing Simpsons clips into dark shit. Um, just as I said, the ones I watched on Dark Simpsons channel uh, were just a bit too long. Right, where they're trying to create bigger narratives, and I'm like, nah, I, I don't need that. Maybe, maybe not go for the full ambition. Your reach is ex- exceeding your grasp. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, but it's uh, it's an interesting channel. Uh, all right, Jameson, but uh, just wrote in just recently, actually. Um. Been listening to the Two Bad Neighbors for almost a year now. Discovered you guys through the real gems. You have both been part of my morning commute ever since. Thanks for keeping me awake and ultimately alive during my long rides to work. If you could write an episode of The Simpsons, what would it be about? 
We'd love to hear what you both come up with. Congrats on episode 200 and best of luck on your future projects. Um, so if you had to write an episode of The Simpsons, Greg, what would be its general plot? Have you thought about this? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, literally got this email today, yeah. I just want to point out. Yeah. Uh, so you just snuck in under the wire there, Jameson. You nailed it. Uh, not named after the Irish whiskey, he said. Um. All right. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Start the timer. We open. <laughs> oh, no. I just need an IMDb plot synopsis. Give me a second. <laughs> we open. Okay. On... The Simpsons uh-huh. logo yeah. flies through the oh air. Boy. All right. <laughs> we go through the opening credits. Were you the one wanting to wrap things up? <laughs> I'm getting there. Okay. And Homer, you know, drives. He's home. Yeah. And he I gets, know the fucking intro. Get, gets, get to the plot. Da, 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 oh, da, created by Matt Grading, uh-huh. developed by Grading, Simon, and Brooks. Uh-huh. And then mm-hmm. opening shot. Yeah. Families at the dinner okay, table, sure. breakfast table. Yeah, actually, okay, yeah. we're starting we're in the a, kitchen. You know what? No, we're watching television. <laughs> I feel like I'm being pranked. <laughs> like this was your email that you sent in in order for me to ask you this, so you could do this weird bit at the very end. <laughs> and you you surreptitiously plugged a little like, oh, I'm tired and hungry, so we need to hurry. Honestly, you know what? I've actually never thought about what i would make a simpsons episode about yeah no i i think the most i've ever done is uh, as you as people have heard like rejigger yeah uh episodes that i don't like into a better episode yeah i always thought like even even at the time when i was like because there there was a time when i was like prolifically writing b- bullshit mm. just like not just like reams of stuff that would that never went anywhere. Obviously, yeah. it just stays on my computer and it's never going anywhere. Um, but like, there was a time when I was really writing that, and I was never thinking like, "Yeah, I'll write a a spec uh, a spec Simpsons." No, that that never crossed my mind. And I think the reason was by the time I was even starting to do that, which was like, I, I was like fourteen when I started writing this stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, "There's already too much." Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was always like. They've already done everything. They've done it all. They've yeah. done it all. I'm I not say, gonna, I don't want to play around in that playground. Yeah. Because it's all explored. That's what I always thought. And then I just stopped thinking about it. I will say the only kind of inkling I've ever had in terms of... I, I haven't... S- similar to you. I'm like, I've never actually thought about writing a spec script or anything. But like just in general, one like kind of overarching like feeling I had as the se- seasons progressed and as... Uh, Bart became less of an interesting character. I've always wanted uh, an episode about Bart discovering an artistic side. Mm. Um, and we see it a bit in Barthood. You do. Right? Yeah. And that's a big reason I like that episode yeah. too. Um, but like just so just, you know, thinking about it now, I think that's what I would write. If I had to write a Simpsons episode, it would be about Bart discovering his proficiency with art. Uh, whether that's literally just the fact that he is already a spray painter. And there, and then he starts to, you know, develop an affinity for becoming a tagger and like actually like having that be an artistic expression for him, and it not just be a vandalism. Yeah, uh, I think that's a really good idea, and I think that could bring Bart back into what I like him. I like about him as a character is that he is a little miscreant, mm-hmm. but has a good heart, and I like to see him discover what he could give to the world that isn't just uh, destruction. You know? Yeah, absolutely. What about? 
What like the, okay, the thing that comes to the, the thing that comes to mind yeah. after actually talking for a minute <laughs> is an ending. Sure. That's that's probably what my take would be. <laughs> Honestly. It's like if you could write a Simpsons episode, what would it be? Uh, a finale. A finale. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my answer. There you go. Sure, yeah. That's that's my answer. I think yeah. yours is better. <laughs> Honestly. I mean um, it's it's more it's, it's an likely. I- it's an idea, <laughs> at least. You know? Yeah. It's an idea. It's Would you do that? Because we've talked about like what would the Simpsons finale be? Yeah. And uh I think my take was a Christmas episode. Yeah. Uh would you agree with that? Would you want to have that bookend? It would be hard not to. Yeah. It it would be like if you were looking to break the story of the final Simpsons episode, I think you would. You know what I think it would be? What? Sorry to interrupt. Um, Santa's little helper's death. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. That's the because dogs die. Yeah. <laughs> they don't live for thirty plus years. No, they don't. Sorry, everyone. No, they don't. That's a sorry to end on a bit of a downer, but no, yeah, that, I think I think that good. would be a that's nice, really good, like heartwarming, like them all grappling with dealing with this realizing things are ending you know and it's it'd be christmas and it'd be like apropos that we got him on christmas and we said goodbye to him on christmas and then they you know sit around the campfire and or a campfire <laughs> christmas tree and uh you know that's like the, your final shot is them just kind of like being a family again and being like hey wow tom brady <laughs> Because he then, shows up, and then Tom Brady shows up. No, you're great. Yeah, yeah, he's the goat. I yeah, mean. I think hey, you know seven. <laughs> Jordan's only got six. That's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be the biggest like fuck you to the audience if they do this really yeah. lovely heartfelt, and then the very end, it's like, <laughs> I hope you save some eggnog for me. Wow, Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. <laughs> And he goes, go long, go long, son. And he like throws a football to Bart. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Our final question. Yes. From Morgan. I don't know when your next mailbag will be. It's now. But (laughs) I'm sending this in March to say that I think it would be mondo cool to listen to and rewatch Futurama with you guys. I also wanted to share my proposed title for the new age of the show, TBN 3000, a Futurama podcast. Not bad. I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts, and I hope for you guys to stick around after finishing season 10. You and your pals make wonderful ear company. Oh, thank you, Morgan. That's lovely. That is lovely. Um, Um, Yeah, okay. Okay, (laughs) sure. Yep. Let's do it. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, let's do Futurama next. Yeah, let's do Futurama next. That sounds great. Um, what do you think? The Fox run? Yeah, I think just the just, just the original just before start the movies. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's a good. That's a I, I think a really nice chunk, similar to the seasons one through ten that we did for this. Yeah, uh, seasons one through four, or we'll 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 look into that because the production order and the airing weird. order is pretty wonky, yeah. and I don't know how Disney Plus has it ordered. But uh, the point is, we're yeah. going to the year three thousand. We are. That we're is in- our. That is like all joking aside. That is our. <laughs> yeah. That is our next project. Yeah. I think a lot of you picked up on it. Yeah, uh, I was. <laughs> Not so subtly using the word future a lot. Yeah. When I was mentioning we have a plan for our future. Yeah. Um, capital F. Capital F, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it just seemed like a natural progression um, to the show because uh, season 10 is when it started to uh, veer off into uh, unwatchable. And yep. it's just when Futurama started. Yep. And for my money, it became uh, the better show and the show I enjoyed more as yeah. I watched every Sunday. So, yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's interesting too because uh, Greg, 
has not watched it very much. Right? No, like not, not like, like not nearly as much as you've watched The Simpsons. There was a time I will. I, yep. I'm going to put this out there right now. There was a time when I was like I would watch it as it aired, mm-hmm. and that was that was exciting. But I never really got into the in, into the same because like Futurama had all this problem with syndication. Yeah, and we'll yeah, get oh, into yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah. Um, but it like it made it hard to rewatch yes. for a long time. Yep. Like uh, and eventually, Futurama like, has a weird continuity with it as well. It does, yeah, <laughs> which it does. we'll talk about, which but... makes it hard to yeah. jump into yep. in, in uh, certain times. You know, yes. like in weird places. So if like you were watching something, uh, anyway, um, yeah. And I mean, for me, it was literally I I enjoyed watching it. Same kind of thing. I yeah. also had trouble finding it a lot. But then when the DVDs came out, I became just as obsessed with it as yeah. I did with the Simpsons DVDs. So and. That's the part where we veer. Yeah. Because I just watched maybe the first two seasons as it aired. Oh, interesting. Oh, maybe man. three. I've definitely seen most of the run. Yeah. But there's a bunch that I've never pro- seen. Yeah, the, I, I would wager there's a bunch of episodes yeah. you've never seen. And that's exciting because there's I mean, there's some probably really good episodes. more than a Brady Bunch of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe two Brady Bunches? <laughs> maybe three. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we haven't come up with an official name yet, but it will be, you know, some, we'll still keep the kind of Two Bad Neighbors or TBN kind of yeah. moniker, but we'll, yeah, we'll uh, have a new name for it. Um, but yeah, we just figured this was a good time to announce it officially. Um, that'll be our next project, but that will start with episode 201. That's right. Because as we said, we are doing our victory lap. We are doing a bunch of bonus shit uh, related to The Simpsons still in some way. Um, that will culminate with our 200th episode, which will be Simpsorama the crossover episode between The Simpsons and Futurama, which I think will be really weird to watch before we start the show, Futurama. It's but I think be it'll be very weird for yeah, me. I, I think my I've watched the episode be, like when it came out because I was intrigued. And my recollection of it is there's very little like, you know, specific like, oh, you need to know the show Futurama to okay. enjoy it. Um, not that I remember it being a good episode. No, uh, I remember it being pretty bad. Yeah, but it'll just be an interesting one to talk about as like we as we cross over into our next uh, into the year three thousand. Yeah, we're going to the world of tomorrow. That's right. Um, yeah, but then yeah, we got uh, what what's next week? I think I sorry I wrote it down. Um, I think I have a good grasp. Of, oh yeah, I think Tracy Ullman we're gonna do next week. Yay! So we've never actually dived deep into those. Uh, I haven't watched them all. In my life, I've watched a bunch, but uh, so we're gonna we're gonna find uh, all the shorts. We're gonna watch them all and then just chat about them. Yeah, as like a a, a little epilogue to our Simpsons run. Gotta to you know how they say you to know the ending. You gotta go back to the beginning. Well said, Greg. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that'll be next week. And then, yeah, we have other weird shit planned for the next uh, coming weeks as we lead up to our next project. Yeah. Uh, Futurama, baby. Futurama, it's happening. Futurama, baby. Dun, 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 dun. The theme song's so good. Yeah it's, yeah, yeah, it's a banger. All right. I think that's it. This is a long one. Yep. But we thank everyone for writing in. Thank we you appreciate so much. you all. Uh, please continue to do so. Yep. Um, this email isn't going anywhere. Not going anywhere. Uh, yeah, we're going to keep this email for... <laughs> It'll make even less sense yeah. for Futurama, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, we're going to keep this, and uh, yeah, keep writing in, uh, asking questions, um, and I think we'll probably start to try and have, uh, try and read the mail as they come more, 
Yeah, this was a lot. This was a bit too much. Yeah. We thought it would be a good idea at the beginning of the year. Like, let's just save them all for one big episode. But yeah. it was a little... Uh, Greg's a sleepy boy. I could split it into two. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you've listened this far, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, once again, we appreciate you all. Um, and uh, we'll see you next week for Tracy Ullman. That's it. That's it. Keep watching the skis.